Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we took uh, about a couple weeks in between the last uh, uh, in between the last episode, and it's 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 certainly been a tale of two sides. Um, how are you doing? Good. Um, just like Peter Griffin would say, Garfield, a tale of two kitties. That's kind of how the Oilers have been in the past uh, couple of games. And boy, howdy, do we have a lot of games to go over. Um, yeah, how how have you been? How have you been holding up? I've been pretty good. Um, I've been, uh, you know, just, just, I mean, it's like, it's the it's the start of the hustle and bustle of the Christmas time, right? Like you're, you're going out and spending money and buying Christmas gifts for people and trying to watch Christmas movies and trying to get all in the festive spirit. Yeah, um, and you're and you're practicing with your caroling groups so that you can do like many men and ski at people's doorsteps. I get it. Just just regular normal Christmas stuff. Yeah, just like you know, um, just pretending to be Santa Claus, um, and you know, sneaking into people's homes and stealing their Christmas gifts at night. Yeah. Um, Heisting you know, the Salvation Army. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, taking uh, taking the roast beast and uh, you know a, a crumb that was not even too small for a or the, a crumb that was too small for a mouse. Um, I'm I'm just trying to make Grinch references throughout here. Um, and I'm just I, generally being a dirtbag. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's um, that's what Christmas is all about. Absolutely, Miles. Actually, I I have something I, I do want to mention. So I have not been getting into like I I don't really play video games very often. I have an Xbox Series X, so I have like the the newest Xbox. Um, oh, but not I, a big deal. But I I only play really like NHL and I play Madden once in a while. But I really don't play it very often. Um, and I don't know if you've paid attention at all or have seen, but like Rockstar announced that they're dropping the new Grand Theft Auto trailer next week. So I'm very excited about that because that's like one game I really enjoy playing. So I downloaded GTA 5 on my Xbox and I hadn't played it in probably five, five, seven years or something like that. And Miles, it's so much fun. I forgot how much fun Grand Theft Auto is. Just acting like a complete degenerate. Ah uh, man, I I know uh, I know a lot of people like GTA. Same thing. I'm I'm a I don't play video games anymore. I'll play Farm Simulator, and that's about it. But like, um, 
during the pandemic, all my friends were like, oh, get GTA. We're all going to play. We're going to yeah. form a posse and we're going to mess around. I couldn't get through the trailer or like the demo that you have to play with. And I yeah. rage quit and uninstalled it. And I waited like four hours for it to install to my Xbox. And I was so mad. And I told I'll never play Grand Theft Auto again. So <laughs> happy for you. Glad that, you know, you're you're getting to play this game that you like and that's popular and that everybody's going to be jacked up to, to play this new one. But personally fuck not, grand theft auto not a not a gta guy not dash a GTA miles, guy. Dash miles no. fuchs it's making the kids too violent man the cheats using the cheat codes are so much fun <laughs> yeah i remember that was always a big part of it to just unlimited money and sick whips and dude i i still know um i still know one of the weapons cheats from from grand theft auto san andreas uh like <laughs> on off playstation no joke uh um uh r1 r2 l1 r2 left down right up left down right up that's a guy who punched that's a that's a young man who punched that into an Xbox or a PlayStation controller one too many times. That is a 10-year-old that has way too much time on his hands. Would pick up hookers in the game. Yeah. No, I wasn't really much of a hooker guy as a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was more interested in getting onto the military bases and like stealing planes and stuff and just While wrecking havoc. Well, you're on a military base in Shiloh, Manitoba and you're like I'm going to break into one. <laughs> like man, imitates art. Man, I played I played San Andreas not that long ago and one of the things I found most fascinating was that you can go to the gym and I would just worked out my guys so much I just got them absolutely yoked. Well, isn't San Andreas like the one that's like made after 50 Cent's life or something like that? It's not made after 50 Cent's life. It's the, it's the one that takes place in like South Central Los Angeles. So it, it well, it, it in a version of that, it's basically like California. So it's very reminiscent of like Boys in the Hood and like NWA and a lot of that like 90s gangster rap culture. So there's um Aren't they all in California? No. Uh no. GTA 3. So the the main like PlayStation and Xbox series um gta 3 took place in liberty city which is like new york that's um, that's that's an easy connection <laughs> yeah uh, uh gta uh vice city what do you think vice city is based off of miami there you go and then san andreas is based off california and then in four gta 4 they go back to liberty city gta 5 they go back to um san andreas and it looks like, well, Los Santos, it's called. And then in GTA 6, there's speculation that it's going to be back to Vice City, which will be freaking sick. Uh, you know, yeah. Why don't, they, why don't they add like a Midwest flair? You know, why don't they have like GTA Fargo? That'd GTA, be fun. GTA Idaho. <laughs> yeah, man. Stealing potato diggers and stuff. That'd be kind of fucking We're going to eventually get like Grand Theft Auto World and it's just going to be like, <laughs> you're just going to be able to go to every part of the world one day. That'll be in, like 50 years when the, the 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 world has run its course. There's not a vegetable left to survive on this planet and just, oh, hey, we've got we've got GTA World. You can you, you can travel to like, I don't know, Bangladesh. <laughs> Like, that's such a shitty trip. <laughs> Speaking of a shitty trip, man, Oilers went on a road trip that was not uh, not very freaking good. Not us. ideal. Not ideal, but boy, howdy, has it turned around. Um, would you mind if I got the folks at home caught up on what's going to be taking place on this monster of a Shepishode? Let's go. So we've got a lot of game recaps, all right? lot, Lots of them. 
lots of them. I'm scrolling. I'm looking. We got against Tampa. We got against Florida. We got against Carolina. All those hurt. Then we talk about the game against the Capitals. That doesn't hurt as much. Then we talk about the game against the Ducks. That one feels pretty good. Then we keep going. And then we talk about uh, the game against the Vegas Golden Knights. And that was a pretty good game. And then we talk about the most recent one, the one against the Winnipeg Jets. Once we're done recapping all those games, all those goals, all those highlights, bringing you back in time, we're going to push you back into the future. And we're going to talk about a bunch of Oilers shit. And there is a bunch of Oilers shit, um, potential trades, players coming up, players coming down, things that almost were, things that almost were not. And looking at the small sample size of our new coach, the Knobster, seeing what he's done with this team in his short tenure. Once we get through that, we will move into some NHL shit. And again, a fair amount of NHL shit. Glad that we are recording on this uh, beautiful Saturday, December 2nd, 2023, the year of our Lord, because we also get to wrap up the Corey Perry saga without... A tremendous amount of misinformation. And misinformation. <laughs> that really could have been a bad soundbite. So, um, yeah, we're going to get through all of that, talk about uh, more NHL shit, and then we're finally getting into, and I say finally because I think we might we might be a little late, but it's never if there's late. three things in life that are guaranteed, it's death, taxes, and people wanting to rehash reality TV. We are finally going to get into uh, Love is Blind because Nolan got caught up and he's got some thoughts. Oh, well, I think we've got some thoughts, my my king. It's going to be more than 32 of them, and we are ready to get into the time machine that we have going back to November 18th where mm. the sky was bluer, there was less pollution, and there were leads bolted. <laughs> Nolan, would you like to take it away? Yeah, it sounds good. Um, for what it's worth, um, if the Oilers didn't lose this one, we would have had an all-time title given. Little Mr. Someone had two goals in it. Anyways, let's get this over with. Derek Ryan, the Carhartt King, reaches into his toolbox and grabs himself a shorthanded goal coming from Nuge and CC. The Oilers are up one nothing early into this game. Oh my God, we got a shorty, ladies and gentlemen. Following that up, holy fucking depth is that? No, it can't be. James Hamblin scores and an emotional tribute goal pointing up to the sky in honor of his late mother. Um, I mean, man, this was just awesome to see the guy playing with her memory in his mind. Uh, the unassisted marker puts the Oilers up to nothing. And that goal, by the way, goal scorer's goal. That was a pure snipe if I've ever seen one. <laughs> So very happy to see that from James Hamlin. Guy deserved it. Guy works hard. Kind of like a kind of like a minor leaguer Derek Ryan. Like this guy rocks. I I've I've, I've got some James Hamlin thoughts later. Um, Cooch gets Champa Bay back uh, in the game with a power play marker with less than a minute left in the frame off a brutal redirect. Two one Oilers. I will say this first period was so uncharacteristically not Oilers. It was mind blowing. The shots were like 20 to five at one point. It was absolutely insane. Um, Second period fires up and it's Cooch again, uh, scoring his 13th of the year to tie things up at two. When the Oilers are in a tie game with a team that's been a modern dynasty, you need the big guys to show up. And that's exactly what happened as the biggest guy on the team Derek Ryan gets his second of the game from Nuge to put the Oilers up 3-2. I'm screaming DR with a light beer in my hand. Someone get this guy a towel. 
<laughs> Third period gets going with Tanner Jadot goal, 3-3 Lightning. Fuck. Oilers answer right back. A boosh bomb from Nuge to give the Oilers a 4-3 lead. Then the Oiler, or then the Lightning went tic-tac bro with Stammer pounding one into the back of the, uh, the back of the net on a power play. And then, I mean, you're pretty down bad if this happens to you, but Luke Glendening scores a softie and then Sergachev gets the empty netter. And a game the Oilers led in two different times results in a 6-4 loss. Oilers outshot the Lightning 43-24. to Hurts so big. Oilers went 0 for 5 on the power play. That hurts even more. And um, a really tough game for Skinner, where Miles, um, you'd probably blame him directly for two of those goals, hey? I think a reasonable person would blame him directly for two of those goals because I don't think that the other ones were his fault. Yeah. I, uh, the, it's, it's a little, I mean, Stuart Skinner's up and down season just continues. <laughs> the um, life aquatic with Stuart Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, his save percentage in this one was a 783. So uh, let's go back to South Beach, shall we? Speaking of Vice City, um, this one, this is going to be a Grand Theft Auto maybe in a few years. Um, Grand Theft Auto, cat's claw back. Try saying that five times fast. 5-3 loss to the Florida Panthers on November 20th. First start for Calvin Pickard. First NHL action since March 27th, 2022, when the Penguins beat his Detroit Red Wings. And we're going to check the notes on that score really quick. Uh, <laughs> the Penguins beat his Red Wings 11-2. to <laughs> So this is clearly Stanley Cup goaltending that we are getting from Cal Pickard. But hey, clean slate. He's an oiler. We got nothing, nothing, to be- nothing but to believe. And believe we do when Conrad McDervinstan gets his fifth of the year. Only his fifth? Only his fifth. We'll talk about him later. This one coming from Leon and Boosh. One nothing Oilers, six minutes into the game. Very nice. Uh, Vander Kane, all-around good guy, team into the year. He gets in on the action a few minutes later from DR and Ryan McLeod. 2 nothing Oilers, let's go. I think we're back. We're feeling good. Ugh, actually, I'm not allowed to say that. I think we are playing <laughs> well. Things are going good. 2 nothing against the Panthers. Awesome. Until Verswaggy gets, gets on back on the power play to cut the lead to 2-1. to one. And then the big cat defenseman, Nico Mikola, gets things back even at 2 with his own goal. So that 2 nothing lead has evaporated. Much like the first period, Connor McDavid gets a goal 5 minutes into the second. But this one comes on a rare penalty shot opportunity. He's been pretty dynamite uh, in one-on-one situations with the goaltender this year, end of late, I must say. But that penalty shot goal makes it 3-2 Oilers. And shout-out to the refs. I'm going to give a rare shout-out to the refs for finally giving McDavid a call that results in a, in a fair play for him because there's just so many times he gets hauled down and you're like, penalty shot? And this time yeah. finally got one. So most exciting playing hockey. Anywho, little guy, Nico Mikola. He gets his second of the game. Big defenseman getting two big goals in this one. Brings the Cats back even. 3-3. Who is this guy? Brandon Montour, who? They don't need him anymore. They have Nico Mikola. Uh, Kevin Stenland, another guy you probably haven't heard of unless you watch a shitload of Panthers hockey, um, scores to give the Panthers a 4-3 lead. And the Oilers couldn't get anything going in the third, despite getting 10 shots on goal in the frame. South Beach Sam, Sam Bennett, as he is more uh, known, scores an empty netter and ices the comeback. 5-3 Panthers win. Florida outshot the Oilers 33-29 in this game. The Oilers went 0-3 on the power play and went 3-4 on the PK. Calvin Pickard, we talked about him at the top of this pack, in his first NHL game for the Oilers, stopped 28 shots, 
for an 875 save percentage. Uh, I didn't watch this one, so I don't have notes on how he played. Just strictly looking at the numbers, that's less than ideal. That's that's okay. That's okay, hockey. He was kind of exactly what you expect a third goalie to be, um, which is somehow better than what uh, Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell were. Um, I mean, at least Jack Campbell. I think Jack Campbell's kind of playing as like a fourth-string AHLer at one point. So... (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah i mean he was he was okay there there were a couple like flurs in front of the net that he was able to stop um significantly well and i was actually quite encouraged by that um but i mean once again this oilers team has major goaltending issues and you need to be able to address that as soon as possible but um i i would say the game could have gone worse for calvin picker but um, we like to say death taxes and blank, but uh, death taxes and an Edmonton Oilers goaltender having a save percentage of uh, of 800 is about the you know the three certainty the three certainties in life this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of foreshadowing here. Um, yeah. I've I've set a death taxes. You've set a death taxes, and I know for sure that there's a death taxes later on in these notes. <laughs> this is this uh, this is some freaking macabre of of uh of an episode dance with death mate <laughs> speaking of dancing with death uh the oilers <laughs> rocked you like a hurricane actually they didn't rock anybody they got rocked by the hurricanes uh 6-3 loss to the carolina hurricanes uh, on november 22nd oilers trying to avoid their third three game skid in the season so far fun fact that would be two more than the amount of times they've won two two or more games in a row up until that point. Yeah. Hooray. Jesper Fast, Jack Jury, Tuvo Teravine, Seth Jarvis, and Zachary Martin Hyman all have something in common. Can you guess what it is? Is it that they all have first period is that they are all first period goal scorers? Yes, Miles. Yes, it is. The bad news with this fun tidbit is that Fast, Jury, Turavine, and Jarvis all play for the Hurricanes, not the Oilers. Aha. He aha aha. 4-1 Hurricanes after one. The children's author goal came on the power play from Dryan Bush. Um, great to see the, the the power play is kicking again. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, Yeehaw. At the fourth goal, the Oilers pulled Skinner. Um, wow, haven't heard that one this season. And then to start the second, uh, the Canes put in their backup. So a very rare four-goalie game and rally. That's going to fire up uh, fire you up real nice at wing night with the boys. Start making side bets and stuff over under three and a half pints. Martin Nietzsche scores 5-1 Canes. Oilers then get one back from Viking Daddy Eckholm getting a shorthanded from McLeod and Fogle, making it 5-2 Canes. Third period, though. We got the children's author scoring his second of the night. This comes from McDavid and Nuge. 5-3 Canes. Oh my god, is this going to happen? Uh, no, because Brent Burns scored an empty net shorthanded goal to ice this one. And although the scoreboard said 6-3 final, the Oilers were never really in this one. Uh, 27-23 were the shots in favor of the Canes. Canes went 0-5 for 5 on the power play. Oilers went 1-4. for 4. Such a deflating fuck of a game. Get on the plane. Let's go to D.C. Much like the rest of the games this season. We as a fan base want to forget this ever happened. Um, I, I Yeah, this... Miles, I, 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 I apologize for the times that... Um, I'm tweeting nonsense from the one for one account because I know I, I, I wrote a lot of wrote a lot of really dark thoughts from the one for one account that that night. Um, yeah, 
it's not been a fun season for my mental health. And um, that that game was like the stamp on the on the document of the of the of the cursed book that is this this Edmonton Oilers season. I mean, I don't think anybody's really going to blame you. Um, Oilers Twitter after a loss like that is a dark space. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's I feel like that's what Juice World's mind was like. Yeah, fair. Yeah, just Kurt Cobain's mind. Sadness. Yeah. yeah, man. Really, anybody struggles. Uh, <laughs> but fuck, man. Yeah, that was a tough game. I went out. The reason that I added the gets you fired up at wing night with the boys is because we were out for wings. I uh, went with a couple buddies God, I love and. That walk in sit down and one one friend of the show he member of the secret society Svenny g he goes oh miles don't look at the scoreboard <laughs> and i looked at the scoreboard it was four nothing and i was like <laughs> what the fuck could you imagine if we had carolina hurricanes fans in our lives like no. just as like personal friends <laughs> no because like between this and oh four or oh um, six oh six they'd be fucking insufferable they'd ha- they'd own us yeah, have they, I feel like the Canes have owned the Oilers for like twenty years at this point. I feel it's, like every time they play the oil, the Canes always kick the shit out of the Oilers. Yeah, I just no. think about like the Eric Stahl, Jeff Skinner, uh, Jordan Stahl, uh, Justin Falk era Carolina Hurricanes just laying the absolute slippers to the Oilers on a regular basis. I talk about this on the show probably more than I should because it's like the guy who did one cool thing and like we'll never stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I do I blame the Hurricanes for like Oilers like season of darkness 2.0 or Oilers decade of darkness 2.0 like that mini you know when they made the playoffs and then they missed it the next year because it was like a Sunday night and they lost to the Hurricanes 6-1 and then like two days and this was when Shirelli was the GM and then like mm-hmm. two days later um Cam Talbot got traded and a bunch of weird trades happened like that's when they got Brandon Manning after and like just a bunch of weird shit so I do blame the Hurricanes for that um bit of insanity that took place as well so canes owners of the oilers since 2006 do you remember how fired up i think you and i were pretty fired i mean at least i was remember when they traded matt or um they traded uh mark latestu for pontus aberg yeah dude we, and we were like dude pontus up. let's go everybody L- thought that he was such a diamond in the rough and that could not be further from the truth. <laughs> was just more diamond. Was just more rough than diamond. <laughs> Poor guy. It's just a straight up pebble. Oh, dude, yeah. There's we do that so much, where we we get like a fourth line guy, and we're like, this. Let's is go. <laughs> this is the untapped potential that we've needed. Um, Miles, do you like the name of this next game? <laughs> I do, man. This, this is this is really funny, and this was this was a weird ass game uh, because I think it started at like two o'clock our time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I was at Agribition last week, no free ads, and I'm checking my phone and I'm getting Snapchats from a friend of the show, Ben, Swedish Ben, and he's like, "No way that the Oilers are beating the Capitals or something like that." And I'm and I'm thinking like, "There's no way this game started." So I'm like, "Ah, you know, they're pretty shitty and they're on a bit of a losing streak, so I wouldn't count my." chickens before they hatch and he just sends me a video of the screen and it's a certain score and then back to his face being super deflated so uh at that moment i knew that the oilers were kicking the shit out of the capitals so much so that chris Nobla and the oilers stormed the capital five nothing win over washington on january 6th i mean november 24th the oilers are trying to avoid their third four game skid of the season so far 
And Evander Kane, teammate of the year and all-around good guy, gets his sneaky ninth goal of the year. This one from Dreisaitl and Vinny D. Vinny D! Oilers are up one nothing. Nugent put the Oilers up 2 nothing. moments after that. Uh, with assists to McDavid and Zachary Martin-Hyman, the boys are absolutely rolling. The second period gives us a patented boosh bomb on the power play from McDenbard and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and the Oilers are up 3 nothing. The crown prince, Leon Dreisaitl, he gets another power play popper. This one from Nugent McDavid, Oilers are up 4 nothing. Cherry on top, Dreisaitl gets another one on the power play, again from Connor. But we are mixing in a ZMH Zachary Martin Hyman assist on this goal. And it is five nothing Oilers. <laughs> Holy shit, that's Bingo Bango Bongo. His name's Roberto Luongo. Oilers ride out the third period, uh, playing some conservative hockey and just lock up the big win, uh, halting this losing streak. Oilers outshoot the caps 35 to 23. Uh, they killed all five of the penalties they took, and they went three for four on the power play. So shout out to Stu bouncing back. He stopped all 25 of the shots he faced after getting pulled in the last game. Great win uh, in a game that going into it felt like a perfect piss away game. So we were happily surprised. Like, didn't this just feel like a game that the Oilers were going to yeah. find a way to fuck up and lose? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. So when they... right on. Yeah, Taylor and I, Taylor and I went Christmas shopping, and I we were inside. I remember us being inside an H and M, and I was looking at the, uh, I was looking at the scoreboard, and I saw that there were like five minutes left, and it was five nothing. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna win this game, but also, and part of me wanted, and I just, I, I know you shouldn't think about it when the team hasn't allowed a goal, but like, I wanted a shutout for Stuart Skinner so badly. Because that he needed it, like he's had a season from hell, and the the only thing that can help this guy is is getting a huge, huge, huge win where he doesn't have to be dominant. He just has to be. He just has to be capable. Because if the if the team can can home back all of its like defensive deficiencies and it can actually just clear the puck out for him. Stu can 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 make the right save when needed, and I I was so happy for Stuart Skinner after this game was over because yeah they didn't blow it they they played a mature game and they they closed it out they locked down the third period which was awesome to see. Um, you know what was not awesome to see? What's that? Two guys in the secret society that are Caps fans that mm-hmm. talk a lot of shit mm-hmm. were completely silent after this one. <laughs> Not not a peep was heard from Pazzo or Tanner from Moose Jaw. Not a fucking word. You hear that? That's that's crickets. That's crickets. Yeah. Silencing the haters. Yeah. Um, so we'll let them crawl back into whatever cavern they live in and lick their wounds. Because this next one, Nolan, is a big one, is a good one, is one that feels nice. And I'd like you to take it away. Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Tonight, maybe, December 4th, Monday, Battle of Pennsylvania tonight, Penguins, Flyers playing. How about maybe a little same-game parlay action? I mean, there's there's all, all sorts of options you can go with. But download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 days after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800.com. 
1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks at the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL. All rights reserved. Did you like the title for this one too? I did, yeah. I did. Uh, uh, Eakin's not not coaching Ducks no more, despite the score. Uh, an 8-2 win over the Anaheim Ducks on November 26th. Oh my god, I'm very excited to talk about this. Oilers going to Euler as Max Jones opens the game, scoring three, uh, three minutes and 32 seconds into the game on what I can only assume was the Ducks' first offensive possession, one nothing Ducks. Um, really bad back check by Evander Kane on this, on this goal. I just remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, the Oilers, however, remember that they are in fact a professional hockey team, and despite what they've shown this year, Eman Durkane, uh, teammate of the year and all-around good guy, and apparently bad back checker, but can score the fucking goal or can s- score the goals, uh, scores his tenth of the year from Brown. What Connor Brown has his first point of the season, and Leon Dreisaitl one-one game. I can't believe that Connor Brown finally got his first point. Um. Return of the Max, like a great white shark on Shark. We, uh, we Ra get, uh, gets his second of the period and restores the Ducks lead. So you, you went over that. Um, a little too quickly. Uh, without understanding yeah, what sorry. I was going for. Yeah. Um, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Like a great white shark on Shark Week. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Arise, O oh ancient one. The return of Connor McDavid is here as he gets his first of what would be five points on the night, scoring his seventh of the year. This one from Nurse and Hyman to tie things up at two. Nuge would follow the McDavid goal with his own marker from Conrad and Nurse. We have we are burying the lead on this one. Probably the best pass I've ever seen Darnell Nurse make in his career was this play. Like, tape to tape. Because I remember when Duncan Keith was an oiler, um, Times were not that great, but it would be once in like every 15 games, he would just send a complete laser beam all the way up to the, all the way up to the streaking forward on, 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 um, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, on a breakaway. And this was among, like I said, this was probably the best play I've seen Darnell Nurse make in his career. Unbelievable pass. Uh, 3-2 Oilers lead. No more looking back. The Oilers would cruise after this one. Baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my windows down. Oh, Children's you know you author. Don't, you, don't, you don't know Ryan Lewis and Macklemore, but you know Florida Georgia Line. You're a bigot. Uh, fun fact, I, I saw Macklemore and Ryan Lewis live. Um, and I, yeah, I was, I was really big into Macklemore <laughs> at one point. <laughs> you know what, though? There's some Macklemore songs that are still not bad. I'm gonna, I'm, he, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die on that hill. He had a death grip on the entire culture of the world for like a year. Oh, he did uh, the uh, your, um when he won the album of the year over Kendrick and then posted that that screenshot of him texting Kendrick. It was one of the toughest looks, and that's like including the fact that he um he had a very problematic performance where he wore a very problematic outfit on stage and uh you can not... say he, he dressed up like a 1940s 
propaganda poster of a Jewish person. It was it was yeah. horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a really really bad look for Macklemore, and that's a guy that I think like takes a lot of his social awareness very seriously. Um, and yeah, just completely tone deaf on that one. <laughs> but... that, that's the, that's the problem, man. Everybody's a social advocate until it comes to Jewish people, and then they're like, yeah. oh, you can get away with anything, and that's yeah. the problem. That's yeah. what we need to do better, right, Nick? Nick's yeah. gonna Nick's gonna be fucking screaming when he hears yeah. that as he should. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out Nick. Um hard hard left turn. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that yeah, spoilers. Uh children's author Zachary Martin Hyman Not that high. much of a height, not that much of a of a oh, turn. Oh yeah, what a segue. Holy <laughs> we're shit. Into, we're here. Yeah. Children's author Zachary Martin Hyman stays hot, getting his eleventh of the year from Vinny D. Son of Israel. Vinny D and Mac D, not Mac T, uh, four two Oilers at the end of a very busy first period. The term "very busy" to describe a, a hockey period is very funny. Just like just a very busy B. Um, What's going on? Second period. How about James Hamblin's second of the year? When will the score up give him a player picture? Assist of Vinny D, sneaky Vinny D production game, and Adam Ernie, much to my dismay. You know what? I hate to admit it. Last four games, Adam Murray been kind of good. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, children's author Zachary Martin Hyman. Did I mention he's on a heater and he's also the son of Israel? Uh, scores his second of the night from McDavid getting the solo assist on the goal. Six two Oilers. And at this point, I'm like, oh my god, things are looking good. I can kind of relax. But then in the back of my mind, I had that sneaky like it was six two. You know, and you're like, they're going to lose. They're, they're either going to win this game like 6-5 and we're going to have to go, oh, they're going to have to do that. Boy, that escalated quickly. Uh, but third period fires up with the Oilers. Uh, surprisingly, first power play goal of the night. This one coming from the Crown Prince, Leon Dreisaitl from Conrad and Bush, 7-2 Oilers. Close the night out, sweet Viking King, and raid the shores of England to plunder the monastery. Matthias Eckholm gets his third of the year, this one on the power play from Kane and Nurse to close out the evening with an 8-2 thumping of the Ducks. Shots were 26-23 for the Oilers, who went 2-for-6 on the power play, but killed off all three Duck chances. Connor had a 5-point night, Hyman had a 3-point night, Nurse had 3 assists in addition to being a plus 3, by the way. Kane had 1-1 one one with 10 hits, and Vinny D contributed with 2 assists and 4 14 minutes of action. Skinner stopped 21 of 23 shots and faced for a tidy 913 save percentage. So, not an A plus Stewart Skinner game, but you know what? When you limit chances, he just has to be competent. And that's all we did. We, we just got My, competency. Jan- Janelle's dad always says, well, I mean, he's not the only person who says this, but he's like league average goaltending. That's all we can ask for. And I think a 913 is probably average. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally all you need, and you can. I mean, I I have a little trepidation when you go to the playoffs, but um, you know, we just gotta get we gotta get to the playoffs first, and I we we can't even really be throwing around the p word just yet because we're (laughs) still a ways away. The only p word we're pushing around right now is pain. Um, as the we back claim adjuster says, not yet. Hold off. That's a (laughs) quote. 5-4 5-4 shootout win over the Vegas Golden Knights on November 28th. Vegas comes into town off of an overtime loss in Calgary the night before. Perfect. We are playing them on a back-to-back. However, shortly before puck drop, Zachary Martin Hyman was ruled as out. He wasn't feeling good. That is not perfect. This moves Matthias Janmark up to the top line and inserts Sam Gagne into the bottom six. Godspeed, fellas. 
this game would see a few chances go both ways before speak of the motherfucking devil, <laughs> Sam Gagne, who throws one on net and gets past Logan Thompson. Sam gets his third of the year. James Hamlin gets a sneaky assist and the Oilers get the one nothing lead on to the second period where Mr. Winnipeg Mark Stone scores a minute and 11 into the period evening things up at one by the way I want to I wanted to highlight this how many fucking Manitobans can you get on one team they've got Stone Colsar White Cloud their GM Kelly McCrimmon was in Brandon forever this makes me sick um, these guys have like a little safe harbor in Vegas for Manitobans. It's disgusting. It's nepotism at its finest. Because they have to get out of their shithole province. Exactly. Well, at least Sorry. they swept the they swept the Jets last year as a sacrifice to to whatever yeah. demon and the, expels them out of Manitoba. And, and the Jets swept us like two, three years ago. So yeah. it's you know, yeah. yeah. Take L's everywhere. L's L's everywhere is L's. Anyway, one nothing game. Three things in life for sure. <laughs> Here we go. Death, taxes, and Matthias Janmark going sicko mode against one of his former teams. The newly top line Matthias gets a goal from Connor and Viking Daddy to put the Oilers back on top two to one. However, the happiness from the Janmark goal was short-lived. Blink and you'll miss it. Michael Lamadio scores roughly 41 seconds later to knock things back at two. You get a goal. You get a goal. Everybody gets a goal. Conrad Mc. Openson says as he sneaks past the uh, Knights defense for a breakaway goal that was silky smooth, exactly what the doctor ordered. Cody Cece getting the assist on this one on a beautiful homing pigeon of a pass right to his stick. And the Oilers regain the lead. The scoring frenzy stops for a little while. Each team trades chances. However, in the final minute of the frame, teammate of the year, an all-around good guy, Evander Kane, would score on the power play. Um, This one from McDavid and Boosh for two Oilers. This marks the 24th time in McDavid's career where he's had a three-point night, well, not a three-point night, three points in a period, which puts him second in franchise history, passing Curry and Messier, who is first. It is Gretzky. He has done this 101 times, which is insane. I don't care what people say about the type of competition he played against, and anyone who tries to tell you otherwise, Nolan, is a word I would like to say on the record. Played against plumbers. Well, I mean, he also played against milkmen too, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going Hey, milkmen have strong hands and strong lower backs, and I'm sure that they could Do rip they the have pop. strong lower backs? They might actually have bad lower backs. I mean, from if you're having doing to, it... From, ha- from having to bend over and pick up all those crates... Yeah. So and I mean, they that... and then they gotta come in and they and they and they gotta and they gotta put zero pressure on Wayne Gretzky. But if they've got borderline scoliosis, they're always in like a defending position, right? They may have they may have that old man strength, but uh, Connor McDavid has that young man speed. Uh, he's got a lot of young man speed to to get up to one hundred and one times three <laughs> three three points in a period is is bananas. Yeah, I now was that the because I know that there was a Gretzky stat that they threw around um, that they threw around earlier like last week or something and i actually tweeted about it i gotta find it actually and i was like i couldn't believe what that i couldn't believe the stat it was something with leon too well um, you well you do yeah, that. i'll try and find it i'm just gonna we're gonna run the numbers here we're gonna go 100 and one times three so he had 303 points in just single periods mm-hmm that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely wild. Like that's, Connor that's, McDavid, yeah. you're you're second in franchise history, but you're like 
80 sometimes away, 70 sometimes away mental math um, from, from tying this record, which is insane. Shout out Wayne Gretzky, man. Good guy. Good hair. Calm. I saw a tweet where it was like uh, Wayne Gretzky in the 90s looked like Princess Diana. I mean, it's very true. <laughs> he did, man, with the feathered flow. He looked and the same facial structure, like Wayne Gretzky and Princess died. He was a pretty separated at birth. He, he was a pretty woman, man. Walking down the street, pretty woman. <laughs> Kinda like me, pretty Gretzky. <laughs> I only need you to take a slap shot. <laughs> I know that you can shoot a snapper. <laughs> do 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 do. Mercy. Um, you find okay. it? I can't improvise anymore. I'm uh, not smart no. enough. No, you're no, you're good. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll just see if, if it pops up while we're doing this, and then we can we can just continue going. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, because this is a perfect time to talk about the third period getting going, and the Oilers look to have this one in the bag. Some people, I'm not gonna say who, are even saying the Oilers are back. I did get a text message from friend of the show and member of the Secret Society, Baby Back Billick, saying something along those lines. Um, but a few things that you have to consider with that statement. Number one, we're playing Vegas, a team mm-hmm. that is on uh, is on the road off an OT game. I don't know how far of a measuring stick I'm going to use this one to be. Two, in Oilers hockey, no lead is ever safe. We have learned this time and time again, and we are reminded of this when in the span of approximately five minutes, the Knights get goals from Ben Hutton and Keegan Colesar to tie things up at four with three minutes left in the game. Fuck. Oilers hockey, you gotta love it here on Sportsnet. No free ad. Overtime sees some great chances from the Oilers with McDavid, Drysaitel, Nuge, Nurse, Kane, Bush, McLeod, Connor Brown, and Eckholm all seeing the ice, which was pretty cool. I haven't seen that many guys get a shot in in three on three, and you know what? All of them looked pretty serviceable out there. Um, some of it might not have been the cleanest three on three hockey you've ever seen, but. Uh, a lot of good chances going both ways and, and lots of good shot opportunities from whichever pairs of Oilers were out there. So shout out to the boys. Um, I like that Connor Brown and uh, McLeod pairing actually looked not bad. They had some skill and they had some speed, mm-hmm. but McDaniel and Boosh, they had a great oh. chance to ice the game, man. In the last eight seconds, uh, Boosh, he drove the far post with a stick planted on the ice, exactly how they teach you in Adam hockey, but the redirect went off the post and wide. Off to the shootout we go. First up in the shootout is Conrad McDavidson, and he goes magician mode, scoring a really high skill goal, getting the puck up and over. Um, that close to Thompson was was quite slutty, I will say. And then Jonathan Marchessault and his fleur de lis go up to center ice next. But he is either stopped by Skinner or misses the net. I can't recall. Do you know off the dome? I have no idea. Either way, puck's not in the yeah. net. We're happy. I'm not a. I'm not. A, I'm not a shootout guy. No, I, I, I can't. I can't stomach it. Most people aren't at this point, and, and yeah. I can't say I blame them. Mm-hmm. Um, but next up is Nuge, who also buries one past Thompson on another assassin level snipe, which puts Vegas's hopes on one Jack Eichel. Comes in on Stuart Skinner, and he puts it wide. Misses the net. Got to hit the net to score, bud. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Oilers win this nail-biter 5-4 in the shootout. Oilers put 35 shots on goal to the Knights, 27. The Knights went 0-5 on the power play, and the Oilers went 1-3. for 
uh, potentially two missed calls on the Knights in the final 10 minutes of the third that could have iced this, uh, but we don't want to scream ref job this early in the year, and especially in a game that we ultimately ended up winning. Uh, but Stuart Skinner, he stopped 23 of 27 for a 8-5-2, uh, but it was oh, enough for, yeah. for the win, and that's really all that we asked for. So yeah. onwards and upwards, um, looks like we're going streaking at this point. Stu is not ideal in this game, um, but... They pulled out the win. That's all we can ask for. So I found that stat. Okay. Are you ready for this? So this was from November 13th. So it was a little while ago. So uh, it was when Leon had the four points against. um, Oh my God. Who was it against? Damn it. I can't remember. Um, Nashville probably. Presumably. Something like that. Um, Anyways. So Leon matched his season high single game output with four with four points to lead the Edmonton Oilers to victory and climb a franchise list. So here's the stat. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl recorded his 24th career four-point game passing Paul Coffey for sole possession of sixth most in Oilers history, okay? So that's 24 four-point games. Wayne Gretzky obviously has the most. Wayne Gretzky paces the list with 158. 158 games with four points. With four points. <laughs> so, I wrote, so I wrote in here, this is, this is actually such an unbelievable stat from Gretzky. He was a year younger than Leon when he was traded to LA, and he sextuples his amount of four point games. Um, I'm I'm processing that because that's that's mad. That's that's, that's crazy. That's hey? insane, man. That's a but, wild stat from Gretzky. I mean, that's why you're as high as you are on points uh, all time, right? Like you have his production was insane, and that's why he's probably the best professional athlete in his sport ever. Dude, I imagine getting friggin' hammered with that Oilers team. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Gretzky is going to be like, uh, probably lots of people. <laughs> that oh, guy yeah. loves the booze. <laughs> Including Merle's. Yeah, ran into him drunk at, a, at the Westin. Have I ever told you about uh, Jordan Austerly the next morning? Uh, I don't think he did, no. This is a total segue, but at the end of that weekend, um, was really hungover, probably still drunk on on the Monday morning, getting ready to leave. And I remember getting a notification that Jordan Osterley just got called up to the Oilers. So yes. he's standing in the lobby of the Westin and like good looking guy. He's got a hockey bag and suitcase and all of his sticks or whatever. And I went up to him and I'm again, probably still drunk. And I'm like, you Jordan Osterley? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh man, like congrats on getting called up that's really sick and he's like oh yeah thanks man we're just kind of talking and then like in the middle of the conversation i was like netflix or twigs and he's like no <laughs> like, I didn't go... realize that. he's like go away like what's wrong with you <laughs> you asked him if you can pretend to just rip one in the hotel lobby <laughs> can i flex your twigs What flex um, you got on this, man? Yeah, what is it, like a 75? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's pro stock. You got a new one, dude. It's okay. <laughs> You're such a fucking idiot. Yeah, I'm a loser. I remember walking back to the like our group of guys, and they're all like, what Like, what did you say to him? And I was like, ask him if I can flex his twigs. And like, what's he, wrong with was you? He at least, like, did he at least like have like a big grin on his face? And like, yeah, nah, he, he, no, he, yeah, can't. that's basically how it went. He just like kind of smiled. He's like, no, nah. <laughs> and started laughing. <laughs> can I flex your twigs? But it's stupid, right? Because like oh. he's he's getting those sticks for free. He should let me flex them because I can just go to a sport check and start flexing twigs all I want. I don't have to pay for jack shit. Yeah, well, that's fair. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe he hit it with like a blowtorch because you know how a lot of those guys like hit their sticks with a blowtorch before they go out on the ice. Yeah, you'll see like you'll see like videos of like Nuge Nuge hitting the stick with a blowtorch, and you're like, oh, but you still missed the net four times. Cool, thanks, Nuge. <laughs> That's why, man. He's got that biatch too whippy. Dude, I love Ryan Nugent Hopkins so much, and he's a very talented player. But he is like such a. Um, He's such a his shot is such a paradox. It's either he is fucking laser beam. I like I can score from anywhere, or it's I will miss the net completely. Oh yeah, and it's it, it it's it's always right when you're like he's not. You see him loading up. You're like he's gonna he's not fucking scoring from here. And then it's like yeah, Pink. and he's got like the prime location for the shot. He's like right in front of the net, and it's like all right, nuge goal. Here we go. No, completely whiffs. <laughs> JFK if Nuge was yeah. the assassin. <laughs> Nuge, uh, Nuge uh, uh, cleared for takeoff uh, because the Oilers won 3-1 over the Winnipeg Jets. Did you like that? Did you, did you like that stuff? I did, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. That's the kind of stuff I like. So this was the most recent game on Thursday. Stuart Skinner making his fifth straight start facing off in Winnipeg versus Connor Hellebuck. Ugh. Let the festivities begin. Did you know Josh Morrissey and Leon Dreisaitl were teammates in PA and in Kelowna? That's crazy. I can't imagine these guys at the A&W on off nights singing Teenberg and Onion Ring combos because what else is there to do in PA? Actually, Leon's comeback as a suave, handsome German dude dating Celeste Desjardins after his horrible, horrible DMs with Calgary legend Zobin You remember that? You're laughing pretty hard, so I imagine you remember that. Um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about here, because this is like an Oilers heritage moment that I'm actually surprised doesn't get brought up more, but um, search Leon Dreisaitl Zobin, and you're going to see some insane like 2013-2014 DMs that she leaked where he sounds so European. <laughs> He's always just asking her to Skype. It's It's insane. What a sketch. I'm just looking at the tweet right now. In honor of his hat trick tonight, you've come a long way, Dreisaitl. Oh, I didn't realize she had an OnlyFans. Good for her. Wanna <laughs> Skype. Uh, the first period. Oh, dude, on... sorry. Hold on one second. Yeah. If we ever go to an Oilers game, I want to print those out and go like ice level for warmups and see if he notices. Dude, he won't even like. He won't like us. He'd be so. He'd be so annoyed with us. Either that, or he'd be like, "That's funny." Yeah, I was incredibly horny in PA because <laughs> there was yeah. nothing else to do. No, we we should we should get him to sign like a. Uh, we should get him to sign like a like a mama burger wrapper or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he's Randy. <laughs> Randy. Um. The first period saw an onslaught of Oilers shot attempts, but the only one to find the back of the net was a redirect from Cole Perfetti on the power play at 18:27 to give the Jets a one-goal lead heading into the dressing room. Second period uh, saw no goals for either team, a true stalemate, but the Oilers outshooting the Jets 22-10 to as we prepare to even things up in the third period. That dang Hellebuck is up to his old tricks. But the Oilers... Came out of the gate in the third, throwing everything, including the kitchen sink at the Jets, and it finally paid off. At 13-11, a weird shot found its way uh, past Helly to tie things up at 1-1. No such thing as a bad shot on goal. Right, Nurse? Yeah, Mark and McLeod get the assist. We're 
I'm not saying that. Um, in a game that it felt lucky to get one in, the emotions were through the roof when the crown prince, Leon Dreisaitl, scores his 10th of the season, a power play marker from the office, described by one friend of the show as slutty assists to McDavid and El Busho. That's a new one. 2-1 or... Oilers. The Jets would pull the goalie for the extra attacker, but the Oilers seemed to control most of this possession, including a good 10 to 15 second cycle in the Jets zone. That's so sick. That's like what happens again. That's what happens for the other team when the Oilers pull the goalie. Finally, Mm -hmm. Ryan McLeod gets the empty netter. This the first uh, this one the first of the season for our gap tooth guardian from CC and Zachary Martin Hyman. This seals the three one win for the Oilers. What a happy little Thursday for all the boys and girls. Shots ended up 39-26 to for the Oilers with 17 coming in the third. Oilers also won an astonishing 71%, 44 in the game, of face-offs. Oilers went one for two on the power play and killed two of three penalties. Stuart Skinner was solid, stopping 25 of 26, good for a 962 save percentage and good for the Oilers' fourth straight victory. Man, this is about as mature of a win as you can find in the Oilers' arsenal. Yeah, that was really professional. Yeah, really like to see that good stuff. That stuff makes me much like much like Zobin made Leon <laughs> erect. Uh, I mean, I was saying to the Oilers after this game, want to Skype? <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like this is. I mean, we kind of looked at everything after the Woodcroft firing and said like realistically the shooting percentage and the save percentage should start balancing out like the PDO should regress back to the norm and we're kind of seeing that a little bit but um and I mean I think we can kind of talk about that we can kind of do you have any more things you want to say on this game nope it's just a nice win to watch um made it made Thursday a nice little night uh, especially because I thought the Cowboys were going to lose to the Seahawks there for a little while and I was like Jets and Cowboys losing in the same night wow that's awesome but wasn't yeah. to be but it I don't want to get into too much of like what what's I don't want to say like this team is completely different but because I don't think that they are but um there's been a certain little bit of pizzazz that I've seen out of this team that we haven't seen in a very long time. Um, and I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I, like, I don't really want to say that there's too much that Paul Coffey is doing, but I could be crazy in this, but like, does it not seem like the defense are activating like a hell of a lot more and like things are just getting kind of getting a little bit more streamlined. It, they look like a different team, man. Like you take the games with Woodcroft where, we were like, holy shit, they look okay. Or like, holy shit, that, you know, that was a good game. They just got a bad bounce, and that's what lost in the game. Or, you know, very untimely goal, whatever. It looks mm-hmm. like they've just figured out their game, I think. And again, I don't want to give, like, not give Paul Coffey credit, but, like, um, who's the guy that's in charge of the penalty kill? They said his name on one of the broadcasts. I think I, I, th- I think it's Mark Stewart. So Mark Stewart's been, Mark Stewart. been, been the coach yeah. for, for two years now. Yeah, and, I mean... He's he's doing the Lord's work on the PK. He's done awesome. So I don't know if it's just the Oilers finally figuring it out or the hockey gods lifting whatever demon of a curse they had on the team. But I don't know. I'm not complaining right now. One, it looks good. Feels good. Um, one stat actually from that Winnipeg game that I just pulled up that I, I remembered because I looked at it the day after. So they put Leon and Connor together in the third period, which is fine. You're down by a goal. You can put. That's, you can put the stars together. It's okay, but it's when you 
when you constantly rely on that lineup is when you run into issues. However, Oilers scored on the power play. Connor and Leon, uh, Leon's got one goal. Connor had one assist. And the best part about that is they needed a goal in that third period. Connor McDavid only played 22 minutes and 37 seconds. Leon Dreisaitl only played 22 minutes and one second. So one, well, only because without Jay Woodcroft, they're playing 26 minutes. That was the thing. Like, that was the thing that was kind of driving me nuts about Jay is like, I, I love Jay Woodcroft. I really do. And I still think that this team probably would have been just as good. Um, if Jay Woodcroft was still the head coach. But one thing that irked me about this guy is that he constantly overplayed the big guns. And you just, realistically, like, you're not going to find any sense of, like, consistency or chemistry out of the guys lower in the lineup because they're not getting enough ice time. And so I've, I've, I've really liked what they've done under this new regime where it's like everybody's got a role and everybody's playing a lot of ice or everyone's getting a lot of ice time. Like we mentioned, uh, we mentioned James Hamlin. Like he's just looked really good. He's just been a good, solid hockey player. And that's all you can ask for out of your fourth line. Um, I think that call me crazy, but I think the Connor Brown explosion is coming. I don't know if I'm going to call it's it got an explosion. It, it's got to come. But... Yeah. Like there's got to be something coming. He he looks. I think he's been very slow to get back from that ACL injury, mm-hmm. um, and it just seems like the way that they have the line combos working. Like, who are they playing him with mostly? Nuge. Um, I think it would be Leon. I think it would be Leon that they're typically playing him with because he's on. But, he's usually on that second line. But it looks like it's working. Like like you yeah. were saying about consistent ice time and finding chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's got a different spring in his step. Literally. Uh, it looks like he's skating a little bit more explosively. So I think that the con- we we have better days of Connor Brown to see. Yeah, he's got um he's got pretty decent like underlying numbers. Like he seems to always be in on like the um he seems to always be on the right side of uh of like the four check and stuff where he's he's just constantly kind of in sort of you know kind of getting his nose dirty. Um and yes, I do agree with you. He is in opportune positions to score and to and, and to really be a consistent contributor on this team. So I do think it's coming. It is. I mean, obviously, it's frustrating that we have this four this four million dollar cap hit that we're looking at, and like it's not great. It, and I will be the first to admit to that. But you have to make the best out of a out of a not great situation. And if Connor Brown pulls it together for the final, you know, fifty games of the season. And he and they make the playoffs, and he contributes in the playoffs, and I think that the, that the deal is a is a massive success, right? Um, for real, for real. So I we have some stuff that I want to get to about like the the trading and scouting and all that. Um, but I figured just a quick. Do you want to do a quick update on the team stats before we get to that stuff? Go ahead. Okay, so quick updates uh, for the team since Chris Knobloch has been hired as head coach. Um, this is just very quick. Uh, 6-3-0, which is fourth in the NHL, which is great to see. Uh, Goals for, they are second in the NHL with 38. Goals against, they are still 19th. Now, this is taking into consideration the uh, the entire Chris Knobloch era so far. Is um, So you have to factor in the really stinky period of this that we talked about before. Um, or at the at the very beginning of all the game recaps, uh, so nineteenth in goals against with twenty eight uh, shooting percentage. They are shooting thirteen percent right now, which is third in the NHL. So that's kind of come back. Save percentage. They are no longer the worst in the league, and they are actually at an eighty eight point nine three, which is twentieth in the league. Shot attempts at five on five fifty four point four eight percent, which is seventh. Expected goals for at five on five fifty five point three one, which is sixth. 
and special teams is a huge factor uh, under Knobloch. Power play has gone 9 for 32 for 28.1%, and the PK has gone 33 for 37 for 89.2%. So that is some really, uh, really encouraging signs that, that this team is kind of, you know, pulling their shit together because this team needs to score in order to, like, find their identity in order to win. And they just have to cut back on a lot of the like really dumb shit because it felt like when when they had when they were under Jay Woodcroft, it's like they wouldn't surrender that many chances, but the chances that they would surrender would be like five alarm. Oh my god, this is a really big disaster. And then in addition to that, they're just not getting very good goaltending. Um, did you have any thoughts of any of those numbers at all that are encouraging? No, we kind of talked about it. Um, yeah power play or penalty kill has been great. I think that that's something that's really helped this team out. And um, the guys that they have playing on the penalty kill too, getting out there and getting a jump in their step. um, It's good. Just an opportunity to rely on guys and have guys feel like they're contributing to the team. So shout out. Mm -hmm. I've been liking, I've been liking what I'm seeing. Um, I, I didn't put this in the notes, but I wanted, I just, I just saw this and my mouth kind of, or my jaw kind of dropped to the floor. So I was just taking a look at all the players' um, expected goals for percentage since Knobloch got hired. Um, just as a quick little fun little game here. Um, out of the forwards, who do you think is leading the pack? I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you. The expected goal stuff doesn't really get my dick hard. I'm not... Well, I don't... Okay. Um, well, Zach Hyman is is, is leading the team. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. He's he's at, looked awesome at 64. But fun fact with this decor, uh, Matthias Eckholm and Evan Bouchard le- leading the leading the team uh, with uh, nearly 62, percent which is great to see. And actually, right behind them, the next defenseman, Vinny Deharnay, at 60.64. I've really liked Vinny's game. I've been I've been really into it. So mm-hmm. um, that makes me really happy to see. Absolutely. Okay. So, we'll quickly go over this stuff, and then we'll move on to the NHL. Um, Elliot Friedman reporting in his 32 Thoughts column that Edmonton's first option with regards to goaltending is to hoping that Jack Campbell rediscovers his game in AHL Bakersfield and that the Oilers continue to assert they will not make a deal they regret while scouting all available options. Uh, Also reported, uh, Campbell got his pal Manny Legacy down in the A to help him work on his game. And um, over this uh, last little bit... uh, it sounds like Jack Campbell is re- like his return is a little bit more probable because over the last three games he stopped 102 out of 108 shots, uh, which is a 9.44 save percentage, and only two of those were five on five goals. So that's good to see. Um, I still think that I would like another week of Jack Campbell maybe down in the minors before we actually consider that. Um, I still would probably like to move on from Campbell if they if they can do that. Um, did you have any thoughts on Campbell at all? I don't think it really matters what happens with Campbell when he comes up. I think Stuart Skinner is going to play 60 games for this team. Like, Stuart Skinner is going to be the fucking workhorse of this team, and I think you're going to see him take those reins and work with it. Um, still a big skin believer guy. I don't want to throw uh, everything that we've had in him out the window. I also don't think that that Campbell contract, no matter what they retain, is going to be enticing for anybody. Um, we are talking about this earlier in the week, but speaking of goalies, it was reported uh, by multiple outlets that the Oilers were sniffing around Montreal Canadiens goaltender Sam Montembeau. 
Um, nothing ended up happening there except for him signing a three-year contract with Montreal. Um, he's having a good year. His numbers were quite good. He was like fourth in the league for saves above expected and all of your fancy kind of figures there. But if Jack Campbell comes back and is a backup for the Oilers, so be it. If he contributes a couple wins, so be it. I don't think you're going to see a change in the crease for the Oilers this year. I, I really don't see it happening. I personally do not think that's a very good idea. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I, it's a good idea. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't think you see it happen. Yeah. I, 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 so this kind of leads us to our next little thing here, which is uh, Oilers Pro Scouts have been seen at a, quite a few Blue Jackets games the last little while. Uh, so you can cue the Elvis and his Blue Suede Shoes memes. So Elvis Merzlikens has the same length on his contract left as Jack Campbell and makes about 400 grand more than Jack Campbell. Um, and the Jackets are currently carrying three goaltenders. Uh, Daniil Tarasov, their like young prospect, is coming back up, and they have Spencer Martin right now. So there's like rumors that maybe there might be something going on between like a Campbell and uh, and Merzlikens swap in some way. Um, however. Just yesterday, Elliot Friedman did mention in his latest 32 Thoughts podcast that he was speaking to people around the NHL, and they said it's not necessarily a goalie, or maybe more than just a goalie. So, with that being said, some have speculated names, like defenseman Adam Boakvist, uh, who's 23 years old, uh, Andrew Peake, also defenseman, 25 years old, and forward Igor Chinnikov, who is the like controversial pick from the 2020 draft where he was like a projected third rounder and they took him in the first, um, who has been who has been uh, who has had had trouble getting consistent minutes under Pascal Vincent, despite like dominating the AHL, like he's been incredible. This guy is a full blown goal scorer, but just cannot get in the lineup, and. Just as a thought exercise, Patrick Line, maybe. I mean, I I know that this team probably doesn't need more forwards, but I I I played around the trade machine a little bit, Miles, on Cap Friendly. Just hear me out for a second, okay? So, uh, going out, the Oilers would send Warren Fogle, who's who's expiring the season. They would send Cody Cece, who only has one more year left after this. Uh, they would send probably a first in 2025 and a second somewhere else down the road. Coming in, you get Patrick Line at 50% retained, who has two more years after this one. And also coming in, you'd have Adam Boakvist, who has 40% retained and only has one more year after this. So they get out of having to pay Line for two more years and then they have Cody Cece, who they can probably move at the deadline for just about nothing because he'll be an expiring UFA. Um, I've liked Cody Cece's game so far this season, but kind kind of interesting because Patrick Line is really fun and he'd probably score a bajillion goals. It is interesting, but and if you would have asked me, if you would have said that at the beginning of the year, like when they were losing games, I would have been like, oh, hell yeah. But I think that the Line A effort meter is so far down the wrong side like he's proven to be a dickhead I think that that's probably the best way you can put it and I don't think that this locker room needs a Patrick Line coming in because I don't think he's gonna ship up I think he's a prick I mean Evander Kane was a prick different kind of prick 
Is he different though? different kind of prick. Liony doesn't give a fuck. He's like lazy every team he goes to. I don't think I'd say the same about Evander Kane myself. And I can I'm sure that you're gonna pull up something where numbers wise it's similar because he had his little boom in, in Columbus, but he's just a he's just a, a wiener. I don't want Patrick Liney on the Oilers team. I think it's more of a I think it's more of a like and I know it's not an excuse. I just like look at it as like Columbus is just kind of a breeding ground for a bunch of fucking bullshit. And I think which, that which is fair. And I think that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like when Patrick Line was good in Winnipeg, he was awesome. And it was like they were a consistently competitive team. And I think that he just kind of got a bit of an unfair shake in a lot of these situations. Like it's only been it's been two teams. And yes, I do agree with you to a, to a certain extent. Like there is there is a lot of. Um, like there, I, I I do agree with you. Like there's a lot of um like history of him like being bad defensively and and like not back checking hard enough. The only reason why I bring this up is because I just think there's so much talent in this player. Like I th- he's I firmly believe that if this guy was on a team with like a proper number one center, he would be like a a, a he'd be probably a, a 45 goal scorer where he has somebody on his line that can actually feed him the puck. Like, right now, he's playing center, and he's never been a center. And I don't know why why they're trying to play him at center. It makes no fucking sense. And I just look at this player as, like, the, 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 the boomer bust potential out of it is absolutely incredible. And he's only got two years left after this. It's like okay, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work these next two seasons, then you're out of them. It's not like you're committing to this guy for five years. So I don't know. I just I I like the idea of it, but I I highly doubt it. It does not smell like Ken Holland, and it's more of just like balancing the forward group more than anything is like just being able to move guys around in different spots. And it's like if you can move Hyman down to the third line or something, and then you get some scoring down there, and then Line A moves up or whatever. It's just about that that like three tremendous offensive players on each line or sorry a tremendous offensive player on each line and it just makes everything a lot more balanced which is fair and I mean I'm not against taking a big swing I just don't think that this is the right swing for the Oilers to take at this point in the season right Mm -hmm. it seems like they're finding their identity let's not forget that this roster was pegged by a number of analysts and people that know what they're talking about in the hockey world as a Stanley Cup contender so if they're figuring things out and finding their game and getting to a point where they're what they should be, um, I don't know if it makes sense. And I've liked Fogel for the most part, what he's done. CC, yeah. we've been pretty happy with. I don't think it's worth the change to the room, change to the chemistry at this moment in the season. I just, myself, I don't think that it's there. I don't think that that's the, the avenue that they should be taking. I do still think that they need to make some make some significant moves because I, I think that complacency is this team's worst no, enemy. I want a defenseman more than I want fucking yeah. oxygen in my lungs. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things where CC's playing incredibly well right now. And in a perfect world, if I could trust that player to be that player on a consistent basis, then I would absolutely keep him because $3.25 million for a top four defenseman is like pennies. Like that would be a perfect contract, but I just can't. I just can't at this point. And I I don't I don't know who you'd get. I don't know who's available. But then again, we're also a quarter into the season. Anything can change by the time the deadline comes around. So it's an interesting it's an interesting thought exercise. I just thought that uh, you know, if the you know, the the idea of Patrick Line getting fed getting fed on the power play from Connor and Leon 
Oh, buddy. It's, it's pretty, it's nice to think about. Yeah. Um, and I will, I would love to see it on the NHL video game. Yes. <laughs> I'll put it okay. to you that way. Anyways. All right. Shall we get into the, some NHL shit? Yeah, you can take this first one here. Okay. Oh, well, the NHL is continuing to be the most hilarious league in professional sports. Uh, as it was reported by ESPN's Greg Wyshynski, they are looking at a four-nation tournament for the 2025 World Cup, including only Canada, Finland, and the U.S. Uh, due to the political climate, the NHL has no interest in including Russia, neither as a country nor as a third-party re- representing athletes. That means notable top 30 scorers Nikita Kucherov, David Pasternak, Artemi Panarin, Leon Dreisettle, Philip Roenick, and Tim Stutzla would not be participating. This also uh, doesn't include arguably three of the top five goalies in the world who are all Russian. Um, I mean, obviously... So is Sweden the fourth team that you're missing oh, in there? Sh- oh, shoot, yeah. Sorry, I, okay, forgot, to, yeah. I forgot to write that. Yeah, so it'd be Canada, Finland, Sweden, and the U.S. Um this team just needs the Olympics back so badly, man. Like I, I can't, I can't deal with the NHL's World Cup nonsense. It's mm-hmm. just they continue to trip over their own shoelaces every time they, every time Gary talks, it's like something new. Oh, it, it's a hard, but like there's ways to get around that. Like even if they had a team Europe or something like that, where so that way you could have the Germans and the Czechs and 1940 would sound horrible, but you could have all of those countries together, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So that you can still see those players play, but the NHL is no different than the FIA or any other governing body where they can't give Russians an outlet to be on an international stage. Yeah. And I get that. It's just unfortunate that because like all those guys you listed, like Cooch, um, Panarin, Panarin, like yeah. um, Sorokin. Vasilevsky, uh, Shosturkin, like all those guys. Yeah, I want to see him play and I want to see that level of competition, but they just can't. Um, mm-hmm. Find a way around it with Team Europe so that the rest of the guys can come and keep the Russians out of it. Um, I would like to watch that. I would like to see that. But four teams is stupid that's it's not, not a, even, it's that's yeah, not it's, a world cup that's it's a, not a that's tournament a friendly no yeah it's a it's a it's a semi-final that's all it is straight up and so, it's a bad yeah. semi-final because yeah. you're missing a lot of really good stuff yeah so, even if they did like i don't know like you you can still do you can still do slovakia and czech republic you can yeah. still do all of that just you, you, oh my god you don't have a bunch of nhl players whoop de fucking do like what well, like dude they had team europe in the last world cup that had or team world or whatever the fuck they were team so europe that way, and then yeah. north america yeah and the north young america. young stars yeah i would yeah. love to see that add those yeah. two in there and you've got you've got a tournament that's worth watching make it four make it six teams that's great have it as four who cares yeah i i i agree um it would be really nice though if it's like if they just did germany because germany i think actually has a decent chunk of talent right now where they could oh, actually yeah. make a little bit of a noise yeah it'd be fun to watch yeah um, Miles, you want to take the next one? Speaking of fun to watch, uh, Blackhawks update. Mom's bombs and Perry's gone. Corey Perry had his contract terminated by the Blackhawks for conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard players contract and the Blackhawks internal policies to promote professionalism and safe work environments. This comes like two weeks after coach Luke Richardson talked about the media post game about how Perry will never retire on his own terms and that he defies age and this and that and talking about how great of a player he was. And he was on a bit of a heater to start the year. 
interesting to say the least. There was a lot of speculation as to what he did, and it named a few players and their family members. If you haven't heard of it, you live under a rock because even two old guys at work were like, you know, you're up to date on your hockey. Like, what's going on with yeah. the Fort Perry guy? So everybody had heard about it. Lots of speculation. Um, the rumors got kind of wild and had to get doused by the GM of the Blackhawks until the 30th of November when Corey Perry finally broke his silence and released a statement saying, and I've summarized it, uh, I want to apologize to everyone in the organization and everyone involved in this. Uh, he's working with experts in the mental health and substance abuse fields to discuss his struggles with alcohol and will take the steps necessary to ensure this never happens again. He hopes to regain the trust and respect of everyone involved who has believed in him throughout his career. So with all the nasty rumors that were going on, it sounds like, unfortunately, it's a substance abuse and mental health issue. And we're just hoping that Corey Perry gets his feet under him and that he gets taken care of as a person first and foremost, and that everybody involved in this can move on, um, you know, in a, in a progressive and helpful manner. So it sucks that it got the way that it did, because I'm sure uh, some people were you know, call a spade a spade. I'm sure the Bedard family's had a lot of shit to deal with from yeah. this and a lot of people reaching out. Um, I mean, he played in Regina and you can only imagine what, you know, folks around here were saying. Uh, and you multiply that by all of North America, like probably wasn't a fun couple of weeks for them or a couple of days or whatever. Yeah. So uh, hope that things just get sorted out, you know, and, and Corey Perry gets taken care of here, but I don't know if you'll see him at 39 years old, getting back into the NHL after this sucks to see a career that he had. Like we hated Corey Perry. Like he was a yeah. dick, but he's a good hockey player at oh, the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, Rocket Richard winner, Stanley cup winner. Heart so trophy winner. This is our trophy winner. So if this is going to be the end of Corey Perry's career, I mean, um, sad, it has to go this way, but uh hope he gets taken care of and, and gets things figured out. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it was a it was a weird it was a weird couple of weeks there, however long it was. Like it's just you know, you had you had all sides of it. It was like did I I didn't really believe the rumors a whole lot. I just I didn't really give them the time of day and I don't think that I think most logical people really didn't. Um it was just more of it was kind of played off for laughs quite a bit. Um and then you have obviously a bunch of people on the other side where they're like the Blackhawks owe us, you know, owe us an explanation of what's going on. It's like, well, that's not how legal matters work. Um, but if what I have to say, though, is I do kind of give props to the Blackhawks for something coming out and they noticed something that was unacceptable and they put a kibosh to it and they immediately terminated the contract. Like the la I think the last thing this organization wants is another scandal on their hands. And it's quite refreshing that they at least like took a stand and they and they and they and they kind of put their foot down so that's good to see from the Blackhawks um yeah there's just a lot of like hand-wringing on so many sides too it's like oh you people shouldn't you know people shouldn't have made the jokes and people shouldn't talk about it. it's like you know people talk like if a rumor gets out there people are going to talk about it so it's all put to bed now we don't have to complain about it we don't have to worry about it but yeah you you, you said it best man like all the best to Corey Perry. Hopefully he gets the help he needs and um, to everybody involved in the situation, you know, whatever happened, we hope that everybody is, is okay. And, and, and everybody's able to move on from this. A lot of Blackhawk stuff here. Um, as Patrick Kane, Blackhawks legend, mm -hmm. 
probably one of the best, probably the best American player to ever play the game at this point, um, has signed in Detroit Rock City. He is collecting original six teams like Infinity Stones, signing a one-year $2.5 million contract. The Red Wings at the time of writing this, so maybe they've gone up a game or two or down a game or two. Uh, either way, 11-6-3. They're sitting third in the Atlantic. They look like a very strong team. So getting the addition of Patrick Kane uh, might make them very good. I, I think this I think this signing is a big wet fart. You were a little. I your mic didn't pick you up there, but oh, that's okay because I I whispered. Um, I I I think that the signing is a big wet fart. Big wet fart. Yeah, I I I I didn't understand the Patrick Kane like will he won't or will he won't he tour this like thought as if he's going to come in and be like a 70 point scorer. I, it just didn't make sense to me. And his whole Patrick Kane wants to go to a contender, but he also wants to go to a team where he, where he is, uh, where he's going to be given a power play role as well as a top six role. It's like, uh, Patrick, uh, do we, do we need to have the discussion that you are 35 years old and you are coming off of a hip resurfacing surgery? Um, because that's a thing and you were not very good last year. So, I want obviously if Patrick Kane comes back and he's awesome, then I will I will bite my tongue on this. But yeah, I just I I don't I don't see it, and I don't think that the that the that the Detroit Red Wings are a Patrick Kane away from like real playoff contention. Like they started really hot to start the season. I think they were like eight one and two or something. Like, or I don't know. I, I could be wrong on that. But like, didn't they start with like one regulation loss for the first like six or seven games? Some, something yeah. along those lines. They were nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex Debrinkat was, was like shooting at 30% or some shit. Cause it was like, he was scoring a hat trick every frigging game. And now they've cooled off like substantially. I just think that the Red Wings are still not, I don't think they're making the playoffs. And I just don't know if Patrick Kane is going to really push that at all, but it's, it's a fine bet. If he ends up being, if he ends up being, being being good then then great then you can maybe move them at the deadline but i just i i i don't i don't didn't understand the hubbub over this whole signing it just it just didn't make sense to me i'm excited to see how it plays out um because if it is a wet fart and they suck um it looks like an anchor and he's gonna be pissed off and the sound bites are gonna be incredible Mm -hmm. um and if it does work out it's gonna be electric and detroit is a good hockey city they'll have a lot of fun and they'd be fun to watch. So either way, it's gonna be gonna be good hockey and and good stuff to check out. So shout out to those involved. Uh, Nolan, the NHL All Star Weekend in Toronto this year. We'll see the return of the player draft. We love this oh, kind yeah. of stuff. Uh, additionally, announced to that the PWHL is gonna play a little three on three game. Um, so they're going to have uh, some of the premier women ho- women's hockey players out at All Star Weekend as well. Uh, be a great way to highlight the game and highlight the new league. So we're excited to see that back to the player draft, having previously done these in 2011, 2012 and 2015, it will be sweet to see a new generation of players getting all stars selected. Uh, there's the infamous Phil Kessel being picked last overall and getting a car. Um, so I was rewatching that on YouTube when they, uh, when they announced that this is what was happening and just hearing some of the names of like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Holy shit. I'm going to pick my boy Cam Ward. Ah! (laughs) So it's, it's going to be fun to see this new generation get out there and it'll be fun in, you know, 15 years when you look back and you're like, 
holy fuck, Philip Hornick was an all-star <laughs> <laughs> because he had that one hot year in Vancouver. Like it's just it's gonna be fun just to to you know do guy shit where you name hockey players and yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. This is something we've been clamoring for for a while, and it's a uh, it's good. The NHL finally did something that's a W here. Dude, we're, we, you know we're 1,000% getting NHL All-Star Frank Vetrano this year. Oh, yeah. Because oh. that's the other thing, man. The NHL is going to pick. So we're going to have oh, fucking Bobby Brink. Yeah. Like, the NHL loves to pick one from every team. So hopefully if they're going to do this player draft, um, there's a little bit more fan selecting that goes into it so that we can have, you know, Nuge, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Kane. You can have the whole band out there. Dude, the things I would do for, like, okay, I never wish injury on a player, but, like, the things I would do for, like, all the good players on San Jose to be injured, and they have to select Michael Granlund. <laughs> be kind of gangster. <laughs> It'd be so cool. <laughs> or they have to pick, like, Mario Ferraro. Um, Oof. Go yeah. Sharks. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Um. Okay. Go wild. wild. Yes, go wild. Do you want me to take this or do you want to take it? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw it up here. Okay. Um, after starting the season four and one, the Minnesota Wild have been on a free fall, currently sitting at five, ten, and four. So they were four and one. They are now five, ten, and four. They've won one game in like fourteen. Oof. Losers of seven straight. This team announced they have fired coach Dean Evanson and replaced him with John Hines. Assistant coach Bob Woods was also let go. Hines previously coached the Nashville Predators before being fired and replaced the next day by Andrew Brunette. Just in case you're curious about the John Hines coaching tree, as it were. Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, like, 10 minutes ago, I said that I don't think the Oilers were going to make a goalie move. But if you've been listening to the show for a little while, I said Marc-Andre Fleury a while ago. And if Minnesota <laughs> is going to suck this bad, he could be a guy. So here's the thing. I was I was kind of on board with you for a little bit. Um, but here's the thing. Dean Evison's a very good coach. And uh, Dean Evason, uh, unfortunately, has the uh, has the same fate as Jay Woodcroft uh, because uh, the Minnesota Wild are currently fourth in the league in, uh, or sorry, not fourth in the league. They are twenty eighth in the league in safe percentage. Their goaltending poopy. has been has been a very a poopy, for lack of a better poopy. term. Yes, and so uh, like once again, goaltending sinks another team and. Uh, I, I just mentioned wet fart with uh, Patrick Kane. I don't think there's a wet fartier coach than John Hines. Like, <laughs> is there a more mid head coach than John Hines? I don't think there is. Like, I, I don't think he's ever won a playoff round in his career, which is not good. And um, I think there, a large reason why he was successful in Nashville is because he like basically put everything on the back of UC Soros for like two years. So I'm not, yeah, I, I feel, I like the Minnesota Wild as an organization. I think what they've done is really smart, and they currently are still playing with a $14 million dead cap hit on their books, which is tough to deal with. Um, but I, I, I personally wouldn't have fired Dean Evison. I would have just ran this thing out. If they miss the playoffs, you miss the playoffs, you get a high pick, and you go on from there. Um, because at the end of the day, like you have $14 million in dead cap on your books. Like If you make the playoffs, that's a complete shocker. 
So um, yeah, I, I to be honest, man, I think I would I don't I don't want to touch either of those goaltenders with a with a ten foot pole. It's amazing the fall off Philip Gustafson has had. He's a streaky goalie. Like yeah. he 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 really is. The way that he picked up last year and to start this year had everybody fooled, had everybody thinking us included, had everybody thinking that this guy yeah, was a stud. Wild. Yeah. Um sucks that the Oilers fell victim to that hot start that they have. I think we played them like game mm-hmm. six or something like that. So uh go wild. Uh go wild, go crazy, and let's see how it works out for you. Something to keep an eye on because I did not realize that the wild were that bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I did not realize. I looked at the standings one day and I was like, "Oh yeah, Oilers are junk, Flames are junk. Holy shit, the Wild are junk!" And then the next day, their coach got fired. So it's kind of crazy. Now there are some te- There are some players that I would like from Minnesota, and they would not be the the. They would not be the goaltenders, but you know who they would be. Uh, maybe a, a little guy named Jared Spurgeon. The Spurge, Captain I mean, he's, Jared. He's thirty four, but he's really good. I also like. If the Oilers are in good standing by the deadline, like if they're looking pretty, pretty, pretty high and mighty, and they don't have to do too much, Pat Maroon for like a fifth round pick, bring him would back. Would be lovely. Pat, yeah. uh, Conrad would go nuts. Oh yeah, Conrad would be through the up. roof. Yeah, yeah, Conrad would be going into Ken Holland's office and be like, "Can I sign an sign an eight year extension now? <laughs> can I? Can I taste it? Yeah, give me a little taste. Okay, Should we're we only in? like five months late. Yeah, I think it ended in October. Which is nuts. Yeah. Uh, but we have a following of folks who want dating show recaps. And boy, howdy, are you getting one? Um, this is enough time for it to all marinate for you. Uh, and now Nolan has caught up. We can finally get into, I think it was the fifth season of Love is Blind. For those of you that need a refresher, this was the season with Izzy and Stacy, Milton and Lydia, JP and Taylor, Johnny and Chris, Uche and uh, Alea, is that her name? Alea. Alea, Alea, and Carter and Renee. Um, there was also a unnamed couple that split in Mexico because of sexual assault allegations. Uh-oh. So with Carter and Renee, this unnamed couple, Izzy and Stacy, Milton and Lydia, JP and Taylor, that was supposed to be the five couples that made it throughout the year. Um, but because JP is a weirdo, um, <laughs> Carter and Renee had their shit, which if you haven't, we'll get into it. Uh, the unnamed couple. So it ended up only being Izzy and Stacy and Milton and Lydia. And it felt like for the fourth time, a wet fart of a season of love is blind. Nolan. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, okay. Talk, shit. Talk my shit. So first and foremost, JP is, I, I he must be a serial killer. There's a, he, <laughs> uh, on the reunion, he mentioned that he's see, he's been seeing a girl for a year. Um, no, he hasn't. I, I would that say, I would say that is, that is chair. cap my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's got some major Buffalo Bill energy to him. Like I fully expect him to have his, have his, have his shit tucked back and he's opening up a robe to goodbye horses playing. Wait. Was she a great big fat person? Yeah, exactly. But, but fucking, he's screaming at Taylor to put the fucking lotion in the basket. Um, man. Uh, first and foremost, Taylor. Good name, Queen. I'm. I, I, she's probably my favorite. My favorite person from this season is Taylor because she genuinely, like, you can tell that she was like 
kind of attracted to JP, but not really. And but she still was like, hey, this guy seems like a really good person and tried everything in her power to make to try and make it work. Like carrying a conversation with somebody that will not talk to you is the most difficult thing to do. And she somehow put up with it for as long as she did. So I give Taylor all the credit in the world. She seems great. Um, I, I want to give Taylor credit, but also like watching them in the pods. And like you said, how how little conversation there was. Um, yeah. For for a girl who is so great, mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not blaming her. I'm just I'm legitimately questioning how did she not have a better match with somebody other than Silent January Sixth Killer <laughs> JP? Like, it just seems like that would have been a bit of a red flag where you're like, oh yeah, this guy is sweet, but he's kind of quiet and kind of you know weird. Maybe I should explore other options. But she put all the chips forward for JP. Question Taylor, that's kind of weird. He didn't. He didn't seem quiet in the pods, though. Like he, he, dude, he was. Well, I I might need to rewatch the tape on that one. I might need to get to the film room. Yeah, I I might need to go back to the film room. Uh, however, if there's one thi- if there's one red flag uh, that uh, that uh, a Taylor should have should have uh, uh, looked out for and probably should have ran, uh, actually, flag is an app term because JP <laughs> likes to always wear an American flag on him somewhere. That is. Don't get me wrong. Patriotism, it's a hell of a drug. That's okay. You go right ahead. You love your country. That's great to hear. Uh, but if you're wearing an American flag everywhere you go, that is fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My biggest bone to pick with this whole JP thing is with the producers. Yeah. Like, th- really, this is your vetting pro. Like, when you're picking through all the applicants. <laughs> Like, He's, how did you make it past how the did interview you stage? <laughs> like, honestly, man, like, because you can't tell me that a guy like that in the uh, interview just suddenly pulls on all the pizzazz and is like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, this is the guy we yeah. want on TV. Yeah. This, like, who fucking does that? <laughs> the interview is going, that'll do. Yeah, he probably <laughs> came in an American flag fucking blazer and they're like, ah, right here. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, it, it, there's just so much that although the the one thing I, I i have to say about that whole relationship is like that relationship is genuinely why i think the show is not scripted is because it's just like people that fucking weird exist and they, they fucking do man and i just remember watching watching their first like interaction when they're in the hot tub together and she's like well or am I am I as pretty as you think? And then she's he's like, mm, yep, 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 you are. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on with this guy? Also, we we both agree that the whole like him saying her in makeup was like an excuse, right? Because it one thousand percent was an excuse. I don't believe him for a second that he thought she was unattractive because she had a bunch of makeup on. I I kind of do because I think he's that weird. Oh, okay. Like, but I, going back to what you said about it not being scripted, like, okay, guys, this is the big makeup fight scene. Like, yeah, JP, you're going to finally tell her when you're in bed together after a long day that you can't talk to her because she was wearing too much makeup. Go. Like, if I was, like, not even fucking um, George Clooney could act that scene. Yeah, no. Leonardo and- DiCaprio can't step in there and make that scene happen. It was just one of those things where I felt like it's because I've deflected before. I think everybody's <laughs> deflected in some way when they argue with a when they argue with a with a uh, significant other when you're clearly doing something wrong, but you don't want to admit to it, so you deflect in some way. 
so everybody's it, done it if you don't think it was makeup what do you think it was because like she's pretty like she's objectively she's very pretty. a pretty she's, girl she's a very pretty girl i think it's more so he's fucking awkward and will not admit to being awkward that's why ah. he's deflecting is that he doesn't want to admit to the to the fact that he's a big weirdo so, I'm just a really weird guy. Yeah, he and then he says at the and then says at the at the reunion. Oh, it, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna make me talk more by just you know by just hammering or by uh, um by just continuing to sort of like criticize me about it or, or try to like dig more into it. It's like, well, then what the hell is she supposed to do? You guys are supposed and because he kept under this thing where oh, you just don't get past it. You just don't get past it. That's not a fucking ex- like. What is that, JP? You expect to just have a silent convert or like a silent time in Mexico and then somehow get back to Houston and then you guys are going to all of a sudden be more romantically involved? Nonsense. Nonsense, my friend. Shall we move on from Joe? Oh, yeah, go ahead. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, Charles Manson? Uh, Not quite. A little bit more obscure of a reference, but in the zipline Tim Robinson skit, (laughs) he reminds me of Ronnie where he's just like, he's so erratic where he's like, how do you think you and Taylor's relationship is going? good and then he just fucking goes to the zip line hits the zip line i don't want to go home something really bad waiting for me at home what is it jp <laughs> i just don't want to say i just don't want to go home like he is he's ronnie from that skit exact to a t just a fucking really weird guy can we mention the sub-zero chill from taylor when she's like he's got a gap in his teeth yep <laughs> yeah call him the fuck out hell yeah taylor yeah, yeah she's she, she, she's great because she was like, yeah, originally I was like seeking him out of the pods. It's like not usually a guy I'd go for, but we had a great connection. So fuck it, we roll. Yeah. Um, Anything works J- when you're six one. Yeah. And JP was just like, makeup. Dude. Okay. I know, I know we've just talked about JP and Taylor, but okay, this is the last thing I'll say. I never want to see him kiss her ever again with. <laughs> that was <laughs> yucky. Yeah. He, he looked like a bad kisser. Yeah tough tough run when you when you can't make out on camera very well my friend okay uh who do you want to talk about next i want to talk about uh uche and alea oh yes because uche is the worst human i think i've ever seen in my life yes let's go he sucks man like he is so like toxic definition of a narcissist yes 100 percent. such a prick yeah, just this whole like I'm holier than thou attitude and then yeah. feeling the need to put yourself into every conversation. And even just like his freaking outfits, like when he showed up to the to the not like the reunion but the the, the uh, barbecue. He showed up to the barbecue and he's like like wore like the tightest shirt possible. He, it's just, yeah, he is a world-class narcissist, just a complete asshole, you know, judging Lydia or sorry, Aaliyah for admitting to cheating on somebody earlier and then on and then on the other side of his mouth cheating on lydia previously and then hiding all that information bad guy he 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 can do no wrong his shit don't stink he's hotter than you smarter than you makes more money than you bangs hotter chicks than you he's so sick and the fact that you aren't you know washing his feet right now is Mm -hmm. is making you a waste of space like that that type of person i get why they picked him Mm because it made for good tv oh yeah he is the most punchable character i've seen in love is blind in a very very long time uh who would you rather date uche or um or irena irena wow that's shocking yeah Yeah, because she's mean (laughs) (laughs) 
And, oh, yeah, I guess Miles does love a mean girl once in a while. I do. Very, yeah. very, very true. Janelle, you're a lovely person. Thank you. Uh, she's Thank mean, you. too. Is she mean? Okay. She'd be the first one to tell you she's mean. That's okay. I think we all have a little <laughs> bit of meanness in our life. She's going to be listening to this, and she's literally, you're, I hope the mic picks up. She's going, jaw's going to drop. <laughs> you're not being particularly nice to me. That's okay. I get that quite often. I mainly get it from my mother. My mom's like, you, you mentioned me one time on your podcast, and you called me a prude. I was like, hey, mom, enough. I will say in, in Janelle's defense that I'm the king of throwing out chirps. And then the second that I get one back, I'm like, how could you say that? <laughs> Skin as thick of a, as a sheet of paper. Um, okay. Uh, should we talk about... Uh, okay, so first and foremost, let's get the main one. Let's get like the like the, the, the main one out of the way. Let's, let's get rid of... Let's take care of uh, Milton and Lydia. So I'm happy for Milton and Lydia. I didn't think that they were going to last. I think Milton is like... Um, very smart to like a little bit of an annoying degree, but I still do really like him and I like how mature he is for his age. And I think that him and Lydia were kind of oil and water at first, but I, I kind of see it now and I, I, and I, and I feel very happy for them. Tall guy, tall guy, tall guy, like insanely tall. Um, their arc was really good. The oil and water thing is a good way to put it. Cause when they started, it's like, they're no fucking way. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that they wanted each other either off the start. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that they were each other's first picks. Yep. Um, like very obviously with Lydia, cause she wanted to gulp Izzy, but whatever. Um, so it was nice that you could see how their relationship grew as quickly as it did. And by the end of it, it seemed genuine and it seemed like they were on the same page and, and a very good couple. So mm-hmm. I hope that uh, what they're presenting is, is accurate because they do seem really good for each other. And yeah. I think that that that's a, that's a love is blind W. Yeah. They're, they're a good, um, they're a good, like, like chirping couple. Like they, mm-hmm. like they give it to each other back and forth. And I really like that. I think that's very healthy and a really good relationship. So, uh, very good to see really happy for Milton and Lydia. They kind of reminded me of Brett and Tiffany from last season where everything just kind of seemed to work out. There wasn't really any issues. They kind of had to manufacture a little bit of a little bit of drama at the end of it, but mm-hmm. overall it was like pretty steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. I like how they ignored the haters and just focused on themselves. I think yep. that that was a really good, really good story and a great way how they could like veer through all the bullshit and focus on one one another. So good for that. Yeah, yeah. good, good stuff. Um, who who do you want to talk about next? Um, uh, let's do Johnny and Chris because I feel like that leads into Izzy and Stacy pretty yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So, um, Chris, what a heel turn. <laughs> Yeah, dude, what a rock star! <laughs> just when you just when you think you know somebody, uh, nicest guy in the world. Chris is a is a hero, like uh, so selfless, so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to a wedding and I'm gonna cheat on you. Wasn't it her birthday weekend too? Yeah. Oh, that rocks. Yeah, dude, he he went super villain mode. Do you think he like low key got with her, and that was his plan all along, was to break her heart and to a million pieces? I think so, honestly, because like he went into that, uh, he went into the show, and he's like, "I'm a great guy," and everybody yeah. says that I'm a great yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. He seems yeah. like a really nice guy. And you know, the great guy and love is blind. Like, I'm gonna get my dream girl. I'm gonna find somebody who loves me for for me, and and this is how it's gonna work. Oh, the girl that I really liked, like somebody else, and now I'm her second pick, and she's telling me, "Fuck it, I'm going Greg Gatsby mode. I'm gonna ruin your life." I I do feel like Chris 
as any good guy does, got played and decided that he was going to be a savage. He started ah. listening to nothing but Drake and Future and <laughs> went off the deep end. I started um I was do I was making this joke through our entire love is blind experience with taylor and i just kept on i kept on calling johnny different like different guy names i kept on calling her like kevin and steve and stuff bill yeah just because i like typically i wouldn't make fun of anybody's name but when you are like as annoying as johnny was i just had to do it and i was like fucking steve is trying to get back with chris again wow thanks i see i didn't find her annoying i actually i liked her in the pods I didn't mind her, but it's just, it was more so, um, it was more so all the shit afterwards. It's just like, you know, her and, her and Stacy were like, were like gasoline and a flame <laughs> to, to kind of do the, do the uh, double comparison again. But yeah, I, you know, okay, that, that's fair. Maybe she wasn't that annoying. Maybe she was just kind of getting on my nerves with the whole like, oh, uh, oh, Chris, you were my second choice, but you know, you know, I, I, I think I really want to be with you. Yeah. Do you really? I, th- I think you. I think you just want to stay on the show a little bit longer. I, I think was very, all sorry. The, sta- the Stacy and Johnny stuff was some of the most stupid, manufactured, dumb, yeah. petty bullshit I've ever seen on TV, and it was mm-hmm. nauseating. Like it, it was hard to watch. I got so fucking sick of it. So, Stacy, does she suck? Oh yeah, Stacy's horrible. Yeah. Uh, okay. Perfect. I agree. Yeah. 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 I, I love her. <laughs> I, I I love I love a mean rich girl. God, she, she's right up your alley. <laughs> but she sucks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's the. I. So, I'm I'm in a weird place with Izzy because Izzy I really liked for about ninety percent of the season. I thought was a really good guy. I did. Okay. Until Different the vibes. barbecue. Until the var- until the barbecue, fair. The barbecue, I lost so much respect for him, and it it drove me nuts. This whole like having to pop in and like it, it, even when he was like talking to Lydia when when they first got to Mexico, and he's like he does the whole um, you know I just wanted to just you know make sure things weren't awkward. It just it won't be awkward if you just ignore it. You don't have to close the book on that conversation yeah. with Lydia. There's nothing to talk about. She's happy. You're happy. Leave it alone. And it's the same with why, I don't know why he had to sit down with Johnny and talk with Johnny and then call her a bunch of names and then say that she was sketchy as fuck. And the best part is how he was like super hammer drunk. That, oh, yeah. that rocks. <laughs> they like, they like get back to the condo and he's just absolutely 10 out of 10 and then goes and cries in the closet. Who hasn't yeah. been there before, right? <laughs> He starts like full mouth kissing Stacy, baby, baby, baby. We just we just fucking cooked her. Like, yeah, guys, so toxic and drunk. No, in in the pods, I think you could see through right away the bullshit that was Izzy. Like that he was a prick. That he was a uh, like um just the, the ambiguity around like his career and stuff. And I get how they don't oh, always that... go about that. But how yes. he's like he's like, hey, I'm rich. But also, like, I just He's took a not. new job so that I can yeah. stay home. Oh, and I have a shitload of debt. Or it's just like, dude, like, what kind of, like, he just, he seems like the kind of guy who's um, who's going to say, like, yeah, I'm a really good guy and then cheat on you. 
Um, yeah, I do. I do see. Re- I, I think when it came to him and the pods, I think he was just very particular because I, I think he knows he has a little touch of narcissism in the way that he kind of knows that he's a good looking, tall, jacked guy. So he kind of knows that he can kind of play the field a little bit and he wants to find somebody that is like genuinely perfect for him. Um, so but- he picked a superficial biatch <laughs> but i don't think she seemed very superficial in the pods she seemed very because she, she remember they didn't really like talk about how she wanted to like go on all these lavish vacations and stuff while they were yeah in the they pods. did i don't remember that oh yeah they did oh and okay I, you also have to remember too that they talk for like that's true there's a bunch you, know, that you don't see exactly yeah. so yeah. like i'm willing to that's that's why all of this stuff when you when you're like well, you know, it looked like their conversation was good. Like you're telling me JP sat in a pod for 72 hours and talked. I, I for, believe that. I believe right? that 100%. I, I believe the JP Taylor thing 100% because okay. I, I know people that can talk on the phone and can do all that shit. No problem. Moment they're face to face. It's completely, it's over. It's okay. over. Fair. But you're yeah. telling me that with Stacy, with the type of person she was, that she wasn't like, Oh yeah, by the way, my dad's loaded and I'm a princess and he buys me four thousand dollar yeah, shoes for my a, wedding. Like that you yeah. never picked up a touch of that. Mm-hmm. That's that that's fair. Yeah. I, I I see where you're coming from in that. Um yeah, I think what was funny about like about about Izzy's job was how he was like, um, I was in business sales and I just said to Taylor, I'm like, Oh, so he's unemployed is what, yeah. what he was saying. His house. Izzy's house? Yeah, dude. The his like the, live, laugh, love vibe. Well, like the the frat boy grown up, I thought was yeah. really funny. But his like um his like Joe from you collections box is funny. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I I I saw where um so that whole that whole scene, I thought Stacy was a little was a bit much in that whole thing where she's like, oh for com- sure, complaining about him not having plates and all that. It's like who gives a shit? Like it's not that big of a deal. Like the guy doesn't have paper. Like is it a waste of fucking paper? But she's not worried about that. She's worried about you got to have plates and fucking silverware and stuff. Yeah, who gives if a you shit? Bring me here. You're not gonna have wine glasses. Like yeah. fuck off. Yeah, shut up, Stacey. You be you. You guys can just use your silverware, you nerd. Um, but yeah, the, the and then with his whole like uh with his lost and found, he definitely did that as a joke. And I think that he expected Stacey to laugh at the joke because it seems like something that they would laugh over, like they would joke mm-hmm. about that. It would be funny. Yeah. But then when she kind of turned it around on him and made him feel bad about it and then he didn't admit to it being a joke he's like trying to tiptoe around it and was like i don't know i just like i just didn't throw the stuff away it's like man just just admit that you thought that she would that you thought she yeah. would think it was funny cuz that's exactly what i saw yeah no yeah. for sure it's cuz they talk they talked about it too where they're like oh yeah and like you, you had like a revolving door of chicks like haha that's so funny is and he's like look at my collection yeah <laughs> check that shit that I have. yeah you wanted like ugh. i don't know that that would that whole like yeah they were talk about uh talk about a fling they were yeah. a great fling they never mm-hmm. should have been a couple yeah uh, funny yeah. funny yeah. but yeah, yeah you could you could stuff. tell that that wasn't gonna work out and it's funny it sounds like they're both like in serious relationships now so mm-hmm. interesting but um I I always get a kick out of it on the reunion shows where like oh yeah we were engaged together we were so in love we were gonna get married blah 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 and then it's like and now we're the best of friends yeah 
and now I couldn't I can't imagine my life without them like I just love them so much and we're friends it's like no you're not <laughs> yeah you do not you text hate that each other you yeah. do not text that person ever yet yeah, you you are a liar um it's pretty crazy that it feels like every season we've had less and less people getting married yeah like it's it's pretty wild because like who's still together like barnett and amber are still together um cameron and lauren are obviously still together um because there is zach Zach and bliss are having a baby yeah um actually the couples from last year i think were probably my favorite i really like brett and tiffany yeah there's there brett and tiffany are great there's nobody from season two still together um that weird guy that made his own soap and toothpaste and like the girl with all the costumes i think they were the only one that stayed together um and after the reunion after the reunion they ended up breaking up and then um jared and Ayana, yeah, they up, they yeah. broke up. So there was nobody from season two. Season three was like, um, I don't that think was, anybody from that, that one stayed either because that, that was Shane's your season. Girl. Yeah, and that was your favorite girl, wasn't it? Colleen and Matt. Yeah, they're still. Oh together. yeah, so they're still together. Yeah, yeah Alexa, <laughs> Alexa, and Brennan are still together. Yeah, so there's a few, a few that have still kicked around. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, da- Daniel and Nick. Yeah, Daniel filed for divorce from Nick in August 21st. So you say less and less people get married every year. We're we're we average one to two a season. Yeah, actually, yeah. Last year, last season four was three couples, and they're still together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah that's fair. Yeah, that's the anomaly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, one and and this one we shot fifty percent because only two made it to the aisle or, or down the aisle, right? So yeah. two that we saw. So. Now we have to talk about the Carter and Renee situation. Have okay, you seen yes. much about I, this on TikTok? I, or not I have really? not seen much about it. So this is all news to me. So you okay. are breaking stuff to me, yeah. So Carter was a really big, tall, like dumb I remember him or whatever yeah. he was, right? He looked like a moron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Renee was like the cute, bubbly, like blonde veterinarian or whatever, right? Yeah. Um. So they ended up getting engaged. And then there was all of this shit that was coming out on TikTok where somebody like went full detective mode and went to like the courthouse in Houston and found that they had a marriage license filed for the day that all the other couples got married. So they're like, okay, well they made it to the altar. Like what the fuck happened? How come they're not airing any of their shit? They also found that Renee got married like eight months after. So everybody was coming out and they're like, okay, Renee was like fucking around and that's why they didn't post any of it is because she was cheating. And then they're like, no, because then Renee comes out and she goes on a podcast and she's like, actually what happened is Carter was like belligerently drunk the whole time that we were yes. together. He would fuck off for days at a time. He wouldn't talk to me. He'd come home, scream at me, cheat on me, bring different chicks back to the house. And she's like, I wanted to leave production, but like they wouldn't let me because of like the contract and everything like that. So she's like, so I basically had to like suffer through being with this guy told them that we weren't going to get married like the second we got back from mexico they kept us on the show um and it was just so bad and so unusable that they just cut all of it out because oh. there's scenes in mexico where you can see him and hers back like in the oh, shots where I they're at the pool that. and stuff yeah somebody on tiktok again went full detective mode and they were like circling them and stuff so apparently you know carter just went like he hasn't had, he, he took a bunch of money from his mom. Like he was like getting pissed off because the show wasn't paying him quick enough and they don't pay them very much to begin with. But yeah, apparently yeah. he's, he's just a full blown, like mad scumbag. child loser yeah. scumbag. And, and, uh, Renee ended up getting back together with like a guy that she dated before the show and, um, seems to be happy. So it sucks that like 
I'm glad we didn't get to see any of that because that would have been so toxic and traumatic for her to live back. But I would have, I I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see the fisherman just leave for a few days and come back and be like, (laughs) the direct deposit hasn't hit. I'm fucked. Okay. Um, dear Love is Blind producers, if you guys wanted if you guys want to divulge that information, we'd be more than happy to we'd be more than happy to watch. We could actually be the official hosts of that. Uh move over uh, Vanessa and Nick. Nolan and Merles are here. <laughs> would that be would that be funny, man? We just host it. <laughs> Answer the question, is love truly blind? <laughs> we'd be at the like all right, guys. It's like your wedding's in a few days. We're at the tuck store here. Things are going. Carter's How are just, things going? He's staying yeah. on his white shirt. His booze <laughs> Carter, for four days. <laughs> Carter, you're not getting married. Uh, Izzy, probably not getting married. Uh, Milton, what are you thinking, buddy? You're like really the only horse we have left in this race. How are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, I just thought of something. Cause oh, you were right. Because the um, I remember in the 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 uh. When they were trying on dresses, I remember she was there. That that uh, uh, Renee. Uh, Renee was there, and I'm like, yeah. "Why is she here?" And I think they called it, like, and my good friend Renee, because yeah. they had to like try to do something yeah. with editing was, to make that it was, make sense. That was a little post post production ADR ADR yeah. work. Um, okay, and then on a sad sad note, there was an unnamed couple that split in Mexico. Yeah, with assault allegations. Did you hear about that one? No, I did not hear. About- I'm just reading on Wikipedia right now. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot about it, but essentially the guy, because I don't think they even named them in the casting, like just yeah. completely hush hushed it, and it sounds like the guy was aggressive and assaulted the the his fiance, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm fucking so out." And then oh. production's like, "You gotta keep riding it out," and she's like, "I'm suing you," that and got the fuck out of there. So, so sad, Jesus, it's tough, oh, man. Yeah, um, so that. I think is why we saw more Uche and more Johnny um, yeah. than we wanted to is just because I think they were just kind of starved for content. But. There was also another couple that got engaged. Um, couple Paige Tillman and Josh Simmons got engaged in the pods, but producers chose not to film their relationship further. The couple returned to Houston and continued the relationship, but though they ultimately decided to end, that, to end their relationship and did not get married. So there's uh. another one in there, but... Wow, that is nuts. I did not realize that that, uh, that was a thing. So, um, yeah, wow. Carter so, Wall, there he is, 30, construction. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Um, so here's my thing with Love is Blind, and here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you going to watch season six? Oh, of course I am. Okay. Are you? I might not. I might be out. I am really? getting I am getting sick of the formula, man. I am the, getting I will say the pods last way too long. The pods go on for like five episodes now and it's exhausting. But you need the pods to understand the you know um, I, relationships I, and the dynamics. I I get that, but Okay, but Mexico's the best part. Exactly. Like yeah. I don't know, man. They've got but it just I, I seem I feel like I'm kind of getting tired of the formula and I feel like season after season it's gotten to be more about like clout chasers. And people that are just trying to go on there to become reality stars, especially with like Perfect Match and all these other shows that spring up after it, right? Like, um, I think they said that, um, oh shit, that blonde girl that sucked from last season in Seattle who was with Paul. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, friggin', um, uh, uh, oh my god, I just looked at her, her I just looked at her, uh, Micah. 
your favorite micah it's not because it sounds like micah and Irina are going to be on perfect match so it, it seems like i don't know i'm just getting tired of like the clout chasers where i think season one and two was really people who were legitimately interested in the experiment mm-hmm. um am i gonna watch season six probably absolutely mm-hmm. but am i gonna like it i spent most of season five on my phone i will say um who was okay Okay, I, I just I just want to ask j- just a, just a quick rapid fire question, okay? Yeah. Who is your uh, who is your favorite contestant and favorite couple from the entirety of Love Is Blind so far? Um, favorite contestant is ambiguous because it could be favorite as in good or favorite as in bad, right? I know this was supposed to be rapid fire. Um, probably Shane. I think Shane's Shane's been my favorite. Just a fucking idiot. The the chaos, the like, <laughs> the oh, I think chaos. I get Shane now. And then like being like, oh no, never mind. He's a fucking idiot. And just yeah. how up and down and all around he was. Shane was hilarious. Yeah. Um, favorite couple would be um Cameron and his, his boo. Yeah, from yeah. season one. Perfect. I think yeah, they were just like yeah. I think Brett and Tiffany are really the only other mm-hmm. um option for that but yeah i think i, I season one okay. always pick always pick the, the the first one um what about you i would say my favorite uh my favorite's probably brett and tiffany i just i really like their vibes between the two of them mm-hmm. um because like even when like lauren and cameron were getting married cameron being like I just think lauren is just like so pretty and you know she's uh, just can she, i take that she, back actually yeah, cuz Cameron's kind of a robot. <laughs> no, because of the like when they just sit and talk, he would always be stroking her. Oh yeah, that's weird. And, and no. I found I remember yeah, that was super fucked up. So I think that that'll put I'll put that I want to say Zach and Bliss because they No, they're, you don't. I Zach do, I is do, weirder than Zach is Cameron weirder, was. But the dude pulled off the you know, play of the century. The, the bait and switch and somehow yeah, yeah. and somehow pitch this woman on on getting married. So their story is nice, but Brett yeah. and Tiffany obviously nicer. So, yeah. Sorry, as you were saying. And also Brett, dick shot. Remember, <laughs> that's always going to live in infamy. Massive uh, horn. Yeah. Um. And then I think my favorite contestant. I'm. I. I'm actually going to go on the opposite side of you and say Natalie. I love Natalie. I love Natalie so much. She's just just the best. I. I think she's like cool in that way that she can like chirp you. And you're like, okay, it doesn't hurt. Like, I think Shane's issue is that he's a little too sensitive. Like, yeah. if, if a girl chirps him, he's like, what the fuck? But then he's wants to sensitive. do it. Sensitive. He's he's erratic. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly having a bit of a uh, having a bit of a like withdrawal from probably steroids. I would I would maybe say. There's probably we don't want to speculate, but yes, probably, but probably, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then as uh, okay, and then one last thing your least favorite contestant in the entirety of love is blind. I knew you were going to say that like best villain kind of. I'm saying like you fucking hate this person. Oh, that's harder. Um, I'll give you my best villain and my best villain is shake. Oh yeah. Shake's a good one. <laughs> shake I is forgot the about shake. shake dude, when, rocks. <laughs> when, dude, <laughs> when like, him and, 
when him and uh, Deep D broke up, do you remember what he said at the? <laughs> he was at like, the... "Well, that's great. Uh, great to hear. Thanks everybody for yeah, showing like, up. Thanks for everybody coming. Don't worry about me. I got reservations at Nobu and I <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. He's the greatest. Like shit, heel. he's the man. Shake, yeah. shake, shack, man. He's yeah. he's the best. Um, my least favorite character. Oh boy, I'd have to look. Um. I feel like there's somebody really good in season two that I would hate. Uh, there I, is. I, I really Daniel. didn't like Micah. Oh, I know you didn't like Micah. I didn't know if she I, was your if she was your least favorite. Shayna, no. there was Shayna in there. Shayna wasn't even that bad. She was just weird and like Bible pusher. Like <laughs> yeah. she she was she was funny more than like I didn't hate her. Like she was just shitty funny. It was so I, funny I when she was so mad at Kyle for being an atheist. Yeah, I genuinely didn't like Micah. Shayna was just like funny TV. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing somebody from season two that I hated because I feel like there was somebody in there's, that cast uh, that I very much didn't like. Ayana and Jarrett, Danielle and Nick, Natalie and Shane, Deep T and Shake, Mallory and Sal, Shayna and Kyle. Uh, mm. Season one was Lauren and Cameron, Amber and Barnett, Giannina and Damien, Jessica and Mark. <laughs> that oh, was a Damien. Good one. You hated Damien? I hate Damien. And especially from, like, all the reality shit that's popped off, like, from that mm -hmm. first season, the more I see of Damien, the more I hate him. Like, when they did that, like, three-episode reunion and he yeah. had, like, the fling with Francesca. Oh. I know that that was likely scripted because yeah. there's no way Damien is pulling Francesca. Let's be fucking real. <laughs> um, and then when he went on Perfect Match, he's just such a, like... I'm a good guy. I'm so great. Everybody mm -hmm. should love me. I'm the best guy that there is. Why don't chicks like me? I'm so fucking jacked. Like, you know what I mean? He just, yeah. he just sucks. Damien yeah. just sucks. Uh, Kelly and Kenny. Oh, uh, Diamond and Carlton. That was one we always forget about. <laughs> remember? Or, yeah. Remember when Diamond was like, you're bisexual? Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't need a ring. Fuck a ring. Yeah. Um, and then there was uh, Alexa, Brennan, Colleen, and Matt, Zinnab and Cole, Raven, and SK. SK. Bag fumbled a century. Yeah. That, that, guy was, that guy was out of his league and then out of his mind. Uh, Nancy and Bartise. Oh, yeah. Bartise sucks, too. Yeah. Bartise is really bad. We forget about how much Bartise sucked. He doesn't yeah. get enough. He's, he's Damien and Jason. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jackie and Josh fucking hated them. Um and oh, then Josh. also Marshall. Wait. Felt bad for Marshall. Yeah, Josh was the one with cauliflower ear. Yeah. Jackie yeah. probably could be up there for worst person. Yeah. Uh Micah and Paul, uh, Zach and Irina, and then Josh and Monica. Oh, not telecast. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that's um yeah, I don't know. I think I would say that my I think I think Jackie might be my least favorite. I fucking I hated Jackie. I think that that's better than my Damien pick. Um, I just personally don't like Damien, but I think Jackie is like the winner of the worst human. Yeah, I think uh, biggest bag fumblers are probably uh, Damien and um, Damien SK. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out. Shout just out have a more likable personality and it would have been fine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And well, I love, and I love, no, we're not done. Okay. <laughs> and I loved SK off the start. I thought he was such a good yeah. guy and so yeah. genuine and like. And Raven um, too. Raven was yeah. like the girl that like opened up and seemed like a really great person and like, oh, Pilates by Raven. Oh, cool. And she's also beautiful. It's like, wow, this you can is great. Tell that, 
you can tell that that relationship turned her she was a bad bitch before and then that relationship just turned her into like a serial monogamist yeah or sorry serial like single person she's never gonna give anybody a chance ever don't blame her I don't, don't blame, blame her because SK yeah. did her dirty. Yeah, yeah, I, I, hundred percent agree. I can't like, fucking, she, he broke up with, he said no, and then they, he fucking cheated on her. They got back together, and then he cheated on her. Oh, yeah, dude, she, he, he sucks. Yeah, fucking SK. SK's a bad dude, and a, and a silly name. Not culturally um, inappropriate, just like he's a prick. So yeah, I hate everything about him. Yeah. Oh, I, Hate everything about SK. Okay, last one. Remember Andrew, the weirdo? Oh, from like I've Season... had, I've had yeah. sex in Thailand. Yeah, I've had <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had sex with my mind. Yeah, that guy's a fucking weirdo, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very odd duck. I'm sad that they didn't have more of him because I feel like he would have been good for a few sound bites. He yeah. he definitely uh, got in on the wrong season because. I think he could have been a good character further know, down the line. I know you love Colleen, um, but Matt and Colleen cannot be a healthy couple. There's no, no way dude. Healthy. They like just moved in together too. Yeah. Could oh. you imagine being oh, yeah, married? Just saw for, that. Yeah. Yeah. You've been married for that long and you just moved in together. Cause Matt is, I don't His, want to assume, but he's abusive. A hundred and thousand percent. And like, yeah, he is definitely a fucking dick. And Colleen's an Eagles fan. Yeah, shout out. So, so she deserves better. Go yeah, Matt's definitely a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Probably. I, mean, I think, aren't they from Texas too? They are from Dallas, yeah. Yeah, so he's definitely a, boy, a Cowboys fan. So yeah. that's probably why they couldn't move in together. Yeah. They're like, whose yeah. pillows do we use? Kelly Green yeah. or, or Stars? <laughs> oh, uh, Dak threw a pick six? Oh, cool. I guess I'm going to fucking drink myself for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh, Colleen, do you sure, are you sure you need another one? Hey, I never asked your opinion. Fuck. Matt yeah, sucks. That's probably scripted. Matt sucks. Matt does yeah. suck. Yeah. Um, I do need to do a, a brief bit of damage control because Janelle is mean, but it's funny mean. Yeah. And that's I don't want her yeah. to get I don't want her to be mad at me. I don't want it to be taken as in like she yeah. is like Matt to me. She's oh. like um Yeah. She's um she's like she's, she's Natalie. Like, yeah, she's like your Natalie or your um or she's like your Lydia. Yeah, because she'll chirp me, and it's yeah, fine, exactly. and it's and good. You, yeah, and you go back and forth. Yeah, that's it's exact same relationship I have. It's okay. And I, and I need to be parented, so it's good. Yes. Uh, Miles, <laughs> would you believe that we've gone for almost two hours and ten minutes? <laughs> I would, actually, yeah. I, I would. We had two big chunkers here. But, uh, yeah, lots of lots of things going on. Oilers are on a big break. They don't play until December 6th against mm. those pesky Canes. Then they will play the Wild on the 8th and the Devils on the 10th. So we've got a few days off in between here. Um, normally we do the prediction. I think we're going to forgo that for a little bit here. Let's just, a good idea. Let's, let's yeah. just let the, the, the forces at play be and see what happens. Um, a win against the Canes would be very nice to get, to get our number back. And, and those are all going to be games at home. So here's hoping the Oilers can come out hot um, and, and, really, and really do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, is my there, friend. Is there anything you'd like to add in closing, or should we wrap this up at a tidy two, eleven to twelve? Let's just wrapper in red. We got this. Well, wrapper in red, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. For ladies, gentlemen, and whatever you are identifying as, we don't want to be, you know, bad guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for the fourth season <laughs> episode, episode nine. Episode nine. One- 
of one for one. one. We got game recaps. We got Euler shit. We got hypothetical trades. We got love is blind. You got everything you need to make up for a long bit of absence. And once these Oilers get back to work, we are going to be back on schedule, pumping out episodes and pumping out that sweet, sweet Oilers content Content. you love so much. But as always, Oilers go. Go, let's go.